This week on Geek Explained, special guest Malcolm Russell Nelson returns to the podcast as we look to pitch our versions of the new DC universe following the events of Dark Knight's death metal. Welcome back to Geek Explained. I'm your host, Eric Azana, and this week's episode is all about the DC Universe, specifically the comic side of the DC Universe. DC has had a just roller coaster of a month with the month of August. We had the events of the DC Bloodbath about two weeks ago now. Um, this past week, we've had DC Fandom, and we're going to be talking all about that in today's giant-sized news segment. And now, you know, with DC Dark Knight's death metal, I know that's a mouthful of a name, uh, we're looking at what the DC Universe could be uh looking to become post that event because that event was supposed to kind of kick off 5g which we now know isn't happening so uh to basically see what the dc universe could be uh special guest malcolm russell nelson is joining us once again as we get to pitch each of our own versions of the dc comics lineup post DC Death Metal. We also have our latest Wild Card Weekly Review, and of course, this week's Comics Countdown. But before we get into all of that, let's check in with a giant-sized DC fandom edition of this week's news. The hell are you supposed to be? I'm Vengeance. Alright guys and dolls, so we got lots of news, lots and lots of news, and that is all thanks to DC Fandom, the event, the uh, streaming online 24-hour only event, which is now not technically 24 hours only, but we'll get to that, uh, was this past weekend as of this recording, and tons of stuff came out of this. We have our four categories, film, TV, comics, and miscellaneous, and... um, it's all news from DC Fandom. Like I said, it was a stacked event, so I'm really excited to talk about it. Let's dive into, first, miscellaneous news. Uh, so to pretty much get it out of the way, I hinted at it before, um, DC Fandom is now not just a 24-hour event. They had the Hall of Heroes presentation, which they dubbed DC Fandom Hall of Heroes, which was... A, originally supposed to encompass the entire event but um just ended up covering like the film tv a couple comics side and then we are now going to get a dc fandom part two uh two weekends from now on september 12th so 
that's going to be covering more like comic stuff, maybe some animation. Um, it's fine. I'm fine with that. You give, you know, each of those sides kind of time to breathe and time to make their headlines. And I had a feeling, I had a worry that some of the stuff that I was most interested in was going to get kind of, I don't know, not necessarily overlooked, but a little bit fallen by the wayside um, due to how blockbustery the rest of this news was. So uh, I'm glad that they're separating it. And now for the like comics fans, they'll have their own DC fandom in a couple weeks time. But uh, to kick off our news, two things that I'm really excited for, one I'm pretty excited for and one I'm really excited for, uh, we got two big video game announcements. Uh, first off, Rocksteady, the critically acclaimed studio behind the Arkham series, has unveiled the very first look at Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. And it's interesting. Uh, there's no gameplay. It's basically just a cinematic kind of setting up the world. Uh, but it looks like the entire game is going to be taking place in Metropolis, uh, kind of the same way the Arkham games were in Gotham City, which I'm interested in because Metropolis has the uh, potential to be just as big, if not twice as big, as Gotham in any of the Batman Arkham games. But you are going to take control of one of four squad members. Harley Quinn, Deadshot, King Shark, and my boy Captain Boomerang. And it looks like this is going to be like a four-player co-op game, kind of similar in the same vein as uh, the Marvel Avengers game, but it's going to be all confined to one city. Uh, the animatic basically shows that Brainiac is descending upon the city, and it looks like he's taken control of the Justice League. Superman does show up. We get the first look at Superman in the Arkhamverse, because they did confirm that Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League is within the same universe as the Arkham series, which I find really strange. But um, Superman roasts a guy, so it looks like Brainiac has taken control of the Justice League and you are going to basically use the Suicide Squad to take him out to save the world and it looks interesting the concepts I'm not sure everything that they showed in the uh in the first look trailer is going to be in the actual build of the game. It seems like it's really early on. They stated that this won't be coming out until 2022, which made me sad. But um, it looks like it's still like early stages of development. However, we did get a peek at a couple different things that I'm really interested in. Traversal uh, with... Metropolis basically being an open world style city, uh, they need some tra traversal and not everybody can run around doing uh, traversal like Batman can with his grappling hook. It looks like Harley Quinn is going to retain that, so she'll be, if nothing else, utilizing kind of like uh, Nightwing-esque traversal in uh, in uh, Arkham Knight. But King Shark, it looks like, is going to do like Hulk jumps where he's going to jump real high and real far. Uh, Deadshot is basically Boba Fett now. Uh, <laughs> he has a jetpack that he can also use as a flamethrower. So like I said, very Boba Fett. And Captain Boomerang is the most interesting one because he has some sort of like... Uh, Final Fantasy 15 Noctis style like teleportation where he like throws his boomerang and then he disappears and appears where the boomerang is, which I like. I like those kind of weapons, those... Um I always think that's really dynamic and I have a lot of fun with stuff like that. That was one of the 
most fun things for me in Final Fantasy 15 was getting to, you know, throw your weapon and as soon as it makes an impact with an enemy, you appear there and you can go in. So I enjoyed that, but it'll be interesting to see how they explain that because that has never been part of Captain America or uh, Captain America, Captain Boomerang's kit. But it looks interesting. Um, it basically everybody's gonna from what the uh, panel was saying, that everyone's essentially going to have gunplay. We saw King Shark with this giant Gatling gun. Um, boomerang actually has pistols too, which I don't know how to feel about because his weapon is a boomerang. It's in his name. But uh, overall, I'm interested. I need to see gameplay to really like get a feel of how I how I feel about the game, but it's a strong introduction to it. But the one I'm really excited about is uh, Gotham Knights. WB, Montre WB Games Montreal unveiled that this Court of Owls project that they've been teasing all week, and really have been teasing for like a year and a half at this point, is Gotham Knights. And the premise is thus. Let me know if something sounds familiar to you. Because I felt that this trailer starts off really misleading. So basically, it starts off with a transmission from Bruce Wayne, basically saying, um, among news reports, that there was a massive explosion in Gotham, uh, that if you are viewing this, then I am dead. Bruce Wayne is unmasked, and he's basically giving this speech on how, like... I'm dead, the Batcave was destroyed, Wayne Manor was destroyed, I'm leaving you the Belfry, because there are threats that are growing in Gotham that need to be taken care of. And so, it, you know, I think you would be forgiven for thinking that this is a direct sequel to Arkham Knight. However, it is not, because very quickly you see that Batman is not the main character, the four main characters are... Barbara Gordon, Batgirl, not Oracle like in Arkham Knight. Tim Drake, Robin, who has gotten an age reduction. Jason Todd, Red Hood, who has this, you know, big old scar on his face and seems to be much farther along in his Red Hood career. And Dick Grayson, Nightwing, my boy. All four of them have different designs. Um, Barbara Gordon is not in the wheelchair. She is officially Batgirl once again. And they made it very clear in this panel that this game does not take place in the Arkham-verse, which I think is kind of a missed opportunity, but this, at the same time, those characters are so um, well-established in that world that I guess to get the freedom that they want out of that, they really need to kind of reset the board, which I get. And honestly, I was really impressed with what we saw. It looks like, once again, you're going to be in Gotham City. Um, there is co-op, but it looks like, and I might be wrong, but I'm, I was seeing reports that it might only be two-player co-op, which would be a shame, because having all four members to squad up with would be really cool. But... Um, you're basically taking these four characters up against the Court of Owls. And I am really excited. Graphics look really good. Uh, they did confirm that this is going to be on PS5, and they announced that this is going to be in 2021, which also made me sad. Um, 2021 is going to be a big year for DC, though, especially with some of the other stuff that uh, we're going to cover here. I am really interested to see what they do with this. They showed off, you know, that announcement trailer showing that the Court of Owls is going to be the main villain. Um, Alfred is alive also as well, and he's going to be taking charge of the Belfry, which is going to be your new base of operations. But Commissioner Gordon is dead. So if they 
If there were any questions on whether this took place in the Arkhamverse, I think everything accounted for that we just uh, covered pretty much points to no, along with the actual developer saying it is not. But I'm really interested. It looks like each character is going to have kind of a a specialty when it comes to combat traversal and whatnot. Uh, Jason's going to have his guns. Nightwing looks like he's got some, like, capoeira and, like, some really... uh, uh, gymnastic level um, combat, which I'm really excited for. Batgirl looks like very like kind of classic baseline Batman, so she might be the introductory character, and the gameplay that they showed did feature her. Uh, and then Robin is really interesting. He apparently is Tim Drake, and I love that. No Tim Drake erasure in this game. Uh, is utilizing... He's basically hacked into the Justice League satellite, which allows him to use short-range teleportation. So that's really interesting. Each character hopefully will feel dynamic and different from each other. Uh, They did the uh, debut trailer and then showed off probably about eight minutes of gameplay, which looked great. I thought it looked really good for what they're going for. It's still a pre-alpha build of what they're showing off. But... um, I was impressed, and I like that a character, it looks like, can drop in and drop out at any time, but uh, it is a single-player-focused campaign. You can play through the campaign with two people playing co-op, but you can also play it just on your own as a specific character, it looks like. Um, And it looks like there's also some customization, some RPG elements. I know that RPG, um, uh, co-op RPGs are kind of feeling overplayed for a lot of people i still really like it i think that the dc universe is vast enough that having customization is almost needed for games like this with a huge ip and different uh looks and armors at one point we saw tim drake with a riff on his red robin suit which i love so uh, tim drake and nightwing are going to be getting a lot of play from me so i really like it again they said it's going to be 2021 which again makes me sad but i can't wait to play both of these games moving on to comics news two big pieces of news here first off milestone uh you'll hear um Malcolm and I talk about in the main course of the uh, the episode, but Milestone is coming back. The imprint that gave us Static Shock, Icon, Rocket, among others, is officially coming back. They will be debuting a digital first series for Static Shock before bringing everyone back in a proper comic book format. I'm excited. I think these characters are amazing. This is an incredibly timely announcement as well. Um, we need Milestone Comics, and I think that those characters are going to really make an impact, and I'm really excited about that. And then also, John Ridley, who we talked about last week and kind of the stuff that I'm excited for for DC Fandom, gave us more uh, info on his Batman mini that is going to be coming out. Um, Nick Darrington is going to be on art duties. And I'm so excited because you all know how much I love Nick Darrington. And I really, really can't wait to see what he does with this. And then they also, John Ridley was very candid um, about the fact that there's probably at least a good 47% chance, and that's a direct quote from him, that Batman will be a person of color, which tells me we're getting Black Batman. Uh, Whether that's uh, Luke Fox or Duke Thomas, as it should be, um, who knows at this point, but I think it's going to be really interesting. They teased an image from the uh, first cover, which has Batman uh, gliding into Gotham. It looks gorgeous. It's by Ladrone, uh, which I wasn't super familiar with his art, but just looking at it, it's gorgeous. 
Um, I believe he's Italian. I might be wrong, but it looks fantastic. It does seem to have some Arkham um, influences, specifically with some of the drones from Arkham Knight there. Um, The colors are really dynamic. I really like it. I'm excited about it. Uh, You can check it out. Just Google um, John Ridley, LeDrone Batman, and you'll see the image that pops up. Really, really cool, and I'm really looking forward to it. Heading into TV news, uh, Titans. Titans is still alive somehow. They had a panel. Um, I have made it very clear my feelings on Titans. I do not like Titans. I think that season two was shaping up to be much better than season one and then dropped the ball so hard at the end of season two that I was actually angry about it. However, it looks like season three is going to be bringing in some Bat family characters, of course, because DC's answer to everything is, oh, throw some Batman in it. That'll make it better. But they've announced that both Batgirl and Scarecrow will be coming to Titans in Season 3. Barbara Gordon, specifically, they mentioned, uh, will be the Batgirl for it. And they've also uh, confirmed that Jason Todd will evolve into Red Hood. So... I wish I could be excited about this, but the truth is I'm probably just going to be disappointed again, so I'm not keeping my hopes up. What I do have my hopes up for is our film news. We got a ton of film stuff to talk about, so let's just jump into it. Uh, Shazam! Shazam 2! Uh, officially has a title is Shazam Fury of the Gods. They uh, announced this during the Shazam panel at DC Fandom. I think that's a cool... Um, That's a cool title. We know next to nothing about it beyond that, but uh, we do know that this will be the next step forward for Shazam in his uh, inevitable confrontation with Black Adam, who also got a little mini panel featuring The Rock talking about how much he loves the character, showing off some concept art courtesy of Boss Logic, and also announcing that the JSA will officially be part of the film. Uh, we had a little bit of Noah Centineo when he kind of called in and talked about Adam Smasher, who, I mean, Adam Smasher's a great character. I think that Noah Centineo, I don't really... I have no opinion on him either way, but I'm glad that they're getting actors of color for this. Um, they also announced that Hawkman, Dr. Fate... And um, someone new from the JSA's archives are going to be jumping into this film as well. I'm excited about it. Should be a good time. We also got some more JSA news with uh, announcement that four films will be joining the DC Animated Universe lineup in 2021. Uh, Superman Man of Tomorrow, the... um, The panel for it, I believe, was pushed back to the next... uh, to the next DC Fandom on September 12th. But we do know now that Batman Soul of the Dragon, which is going to be a Kung Fu-esque story featuring Bronze Tiger, and I believe Lady Shiva as well, um, and of course they have to throw Batman in it because Batman sells, I guess, um, is going to be dropping in 2021 along with an adaptation of Long of the Long Halloween, Batman the Long Halloween, that they're splitting up into two parts, just like they did for Dark Knight Returns. I have mixed feelings on this. I love The Long Halloween. It is a per- it is a pitch-perfect Batman story. It's an excellent detective story for Batman, and I believe them giving it the uh, Part 1 and Part 2 treatment will allow them to give it the kind of reverence and attention that they gave to Dark Knight Returns, which is what made those films so great. However, again, I have to mention Jeff Loeb. Um, Jeff Loeb is very problematic for me. Uh, 
if you haven't heard yet, uh, Jeff Loeb has come out as uh, having very racist tendencies, um, specifically towards the uh, Asian cast of Daredevil when he was working on the project. And a lot of different stuff has come out about him. As an Asian American, I can't support him as a person. And so my relationship with Long Halloween is very complicated as well. And that goes back even to a story that I love, probably my favorite Spider-Man story, Spider-Man Blue, which he penned along with um, Tim Sale doing art on that. Uh, Jeff Loeb is a very complicated character. Um, I mean, it's not really complicated. He's a racist, so that's... It's pretty cut and dry, but um, he's been part of so many things that I love, and it's it's difficult to be excited about something as much as I should be. I should be over the moon about Long Halloween, but I'm not just because of Jeff Loeb, and that sucks. So um, one thing that I am unequivocally excited about, though, is that they announced that Justice Society of America World War II will be an animated film in 2021, and I am I'm over the moon about that you know how much i love the justice society you know how much i love justice society in world war ii so them giving it that treatment i think is going to be awesome i can't wait for that um we also got the first look at the flash film helmed by annie muschetti or muschetti i can't i keep mispronouncing it and i'm i'm so sorry um we got some concept art of this new suit that it looks like he's going to be getting along with him fighting alongside of Michael Keaton's Batman. But it was revealed this past week that Michael Keaton's not going to be the only Batman in town when it comes to the flash because Ben Affleck will be returning as uh, the DCEU Batman to give Barry this new suit. And basically um, they've announced that this is kind of going to be a send off for Ben Affleck with Batman, which I think is nice. You know, I thought, the world of him when he was cast. I thought he had a whole lot of potential and really didn't get to show it. So I think that this being just kind of his swan song um, as a supporting role, specifically as a supporting role, uh, should be a good thing for this film. Uh, speaking of the DCEU and Batfleck, we got the first big trailer for the Snyder Cut, which was leaked ahead of DC Fandom, and it looks fine. Um, I'm not... You know, we got a shot at Dark Side. We got some extra stuff about Barry possibly time traveling. It looks like Cyborg's going to finally get the subplot that he was promised. Um, Steppenwolf has a new design. We have Black Suit Superman. But it's just, I, you know, it's it's fine. We also got news that uh, it is going to be split up into a mini-series mini a mini series of uh, four episodes, each with an hour-long uh, runtime. So it's going to be a four-hour experience. So... For better or for worse, that's what it's going to be. Um, it is still going to be released in 2021, so no official release date. But, um, you know, I'm happy for Zack Snyder. I'm happy for the team that's working on that. Um, I'm happy, I guess, for the Snyder Cut fans. Um, I've never been a Snyder Cut guy, but you get your Snyder Cut. Congratulations. I'm happy for you. And uh, let's move on to stuff I'm more excited about, which is the Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad, we got our first look. We got a first trailer. We got a sneak peek at the behind the scenes. And we got a roll call. We finally get to know who this 
who these characters are. Um, James Gunn basically released this big old poster featuring a bunch of names, but no titles. So I'm really excited about it. They released a full roll call showing everyone in their roles. And so we now know that the cast is as follows. Uh, Viola Davis returning as Amanda Walker. We have Mei Ling Ning as, and I know I said that wrong. I know I said that wrong, and I apologize. Um, as Mongal. Uh, we have Flula Borg as Javelin. Uh, we have uh, Sean Gunn is going to be playing Weasel, which I just, I think is hilarious. Uh, King Shark also is appearing. They didn't give an actor for it, which I think is hilarious, but... Uh, there you go, King Shark. We also have uh, Daniela Melchior is officially playing Ratcatcher 2. Uh, Nathan Fillion is, and it says TDK on it, but it's Arm Fall Off Boy, guys. We all know it's Arm Fall Off Boy. So I hope they announce what that TDK moniker stands for, but it's on Arm Fall Off Boy. Don't let, don't let them trick you. Uh, Michael Rooker is going to be playing Savant. So that's really... Interesting and a different role for him, I think. Uh, David Dal- Dast Malkian is going to be playing Polka Dot Man, as we knew before. Uh, Pete Davison is going to be playing Blackguard. Uh, Alice Braga is going to pl- be playing Soul Soria. Peter Capaldi, which I'm really excited about, is going to be playing The Thinker. Uh, if you recognize that, he was the villain for, I believe, season four of The Flash. So this should be good. I'm sad he's not Mr. Freeze, but... You know, I'll, I'll take it. This is going to be right up uh, Peter Capaldi's alley for sure. We have John Cena playing Peacemaker, which I think is amazing. That's a perfect role for him. And then we have our, uh, our returning characters, that being uh, Joel Kinnaman as uh, Colonel Rick Flagg. We have uh, Margot Robbie as Dr. Harleen Quinzel, such Harley Quinn, and my boy Jai Courtney as Captain Boomerang. And then we also finally, after a whole lot of speculation, we got the reveal of who Idris Elba will be playing. It is He is not a recast Deadshot. He is not playing Vigilante. He is not playing Bronze Tiger, which makes me incredibly sad. But he is playing Robert Dubois, also known as Bloodsport. Which is basically just another version of Deadshot. I hope they make him different, um, but I'm a little disappointed that he's not Bronze Tiger. So otherwise, A-plus casting for me. The film looks good. Uh, James Gunn I have total faith in, and it should be a fun time. We also got another trailer for Wonder Woman 84. So um, looks great. Looks really good. Um, Wonder Woman's lassoing between... she's basically uh web swinging with lightning which i think is great um maxwell lord we got a new look at but the big news was that we finally got a look at uh kristen wig as cheetah and i really hope that they keep editing this because it looks a little janky the cgi looks a little janky um but we'll see we'll see it's still a little bit of ways out um and hopefully it's not the final look for her or maybe it looks better like in the final film but we'll see overall really excited for that film still too but the big the big news the big trailer the winner of dc fandom was clearly matt reeves the batman which dropped a panel and a trailer matt reeves talking about his love for the character how they are going to be taking the character um At an interesting point in his career, he's going to be in year two, having just established a relationship with Jim Gordon, and um, we're going to see him kind of develop from this 
really um, angry and unstable vigilante into the Batman that we know and love. So I'm really excited about that theme. I know there's different uh, opinions on that, and I welcome them. But um, it's this trailer, man. This trailer is so good. Uh, they also talked about the uh, that Gotham is going to be, essentially, you know, we've seen Gotham be Pittsburgh, be Chicago, be New York. But this Gotham is specifically Liverpool, which I think is fantastic. And um, that the film has only been 25% shot before coronavirus happened. And I think for the trailer that they came up with for 25% of the film being shot... Holy shit, is this going to be a great film. The trailer is fantastic. It is a, it is immediately a different, darker tone, a la the Long Halloween references. Matt Reeves referenced the Long Halloween, as well as Batman Ego, for this. And I think that you can really tell. It's, it feels very um, Greg Capullo, Scott Snyder Batman as well, with the tone. Um, and, oh man... Oh, man, you have to watch it. If you haven't watched it by now, what are you doing? And second of all, go watch it again. I've watched this probably like at least 15 times. Um, the trailer's amazing. I just, I think it looks so good. Uh, Colin Farrell in his unrecognizable makeup as the Penguin. Uh, we have Paul Dano's Riddler, who looks like he's going to be kind of a riff on Riddler. Uh, Jigsaw from the Saw movies, as well as maybe Hush as well. Um it just, it looks fantastic. The tone looks great. The bat suit looks great. There is a scene about halfway through where the gear kind of shifts and Batman absolutely bodies this thug and just like, he hits him, I think, at least a dozen times. And any questions about, hey, you know, is, is Batman going to have any physicality in this? You know, Robert Pattinson's kind of skinny. I think went right out the window because that's been the key thing from this trailer that everyone has taken away from it is just him absolutely destroying this dude. Um, it looks great. It looks really, really good. I am so excited about this. This is, you know, the most excited I've been about DC for a while. And I think that's awesome. Um... I think that DC fandom, like I said, was an unmitigated excess or success. There was a lot of great stuff that came out of it. We do have a part two coming in a couple weeks that's going to cover uh, possibly more animation stuff and comics, which I'm excited about. But the future of DC, specifically in uh, films and video game world, is looking really, really bright here. So I'm really excited about it. And that's going to draw us right into a possible two possible futures of the DC universe. Uh, our main course, the entree, if you will, of this week's episode, which is returning guest Malcolm Russell Nelson, along with myself, pitching our own DC Comics lines following DC Dark Knight's Death Metal.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, so DC Comics has been going through a lot lately, and I think it's worth taking the time to look at where DC Comics as a company could be going. We talked about last week kind of the State of the Union address for DC Comics, what's been going on, DC fandom and everything as well, but now I want to take a specialized look at the comics themselves. And joining me on this uh, ex- this incredible thought experiment, which he coined prior to uh, hitting the record <laughs> button on this, is our returning special guest, good brother and Great friend of the podcast, Malcolm. Malcolm, welcome back. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me back, especially for this. This gets to stretch my uh, my writing nerd and also my uh, alternate universe loving nerd self. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, I figured we we'd balance it out. We did the Captain America episode last month for Marvel, and I figured yeah. we'll follow that up with a big DC episode. So. Um, it's your highest I mean, rated episode ever, right? Oh, of like, course. Obviously, obviously. obviously. I mean, it's got another <laughs> podcast host from the incredibly critically acclaimed podcast on the subject. So, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Plug, plug I mean, right there. Go check that out it's on a, all the podcasting it's a, platforms. It's a crossover event. I mean, it is it's our crossover. own crisis on infinite Earths. <laughs> Maybe crisis on like one or two Earths. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's that, that's how I would like label it. Crisis on one or two Earths. Crisis on one or two. One, two, two Earths. Because like. you don't know. You don't know how serious it is. <laughs> it works. a huge thing. Or it could be or just... Or it could be fine. You never know. Yeah. But you'll have to read the book to find out. Exactly. <laughs> so um, what I kind of wanted to do with this and how I kind of pitched this to Malcolm... Uh, DC's been going through a lot of stuff right now, and we know that currently with uh, death metal going on, I'm not sure if you can hear our our neighbor's dog is very excited about the episode today. Um, oh, that's what's going on. Cool. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what's going on over there. Uh, but that that's also a recurring guest on the podcast. Yes. I... Shows up every <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but I kind of wanted to look because we know that DC death metal is like a huge thing for the co- for DC comics right now. It was supposed to lead into 5G, which I don't think is happening anymore, which is which is clearly not a thing, Yeah, clearly not a thing anymore. But there are big waves being made and there are going to be some changes coming out of death metal um, just from the rumors and innuendo that I've heard. And Malcolm, you might be able to have a better um, you might be more knowledgeable on it than I would be, but it's, I think it would be cool to kind of pitch like what you would do for the DC comics line going forwards, whether it would be a yeah. hard reboot, continuing on the story, whatever. So I talked to Malcolm, we're going to give you both of our different pitches. We each have a different pitch for our vision of DC comics following death metal and all of the, uh, the craziness going on with DC fandom. I have, uh, three imprints across 15 titles. Uh, Malcolm also has three print, three imprints across how many? Uh, 29, I believe. 29 titles, (laughs) almost doubling the amount of mine. So I uh, I was never good at doing homework, but I could do this. So uh, before we get into all of it, um, with everything going on at DC Comics, do you have any any views on it? How have you been feeling? You obviously know all about it since you do uh, do basically run the show over at the also critically acclaimed and award winning <laughs> uh, comic book shop in Tucson, Arizona. Here's the oh, villains award winning. I don't know if like Tucson newspapers 
counts as award-winning in uh, a film. You ask Gaslight Theater, it's an award-winning. You know what? Okay, touche. Touche. That is that is a prestigious place. So I respect that. <laughs> um, so yeah, DC's having a rough uh, year. Um, it's just a but, little bit. Uh, it's you know, it, it's funny. I was listening to. Uh, if if I can shout out another podcast, oh, um, I was listening to I Fanboy, um, oh, yeah, Fanboy Pick It a Week podcast, <laughs> and they were talking about it last week, and they were talking about how uh, it boils down to so AT and T bought Warner Brothers, right? We all know this, like that's a big thing, um, and they were talking about how when Warner Brothers acquired DC. Uh, people were worried, like, oh, you know, Warner Brothers is going to get rid of comics. You know, they're going to do this. They're going to do that. They're going to mess up everything. But at the end of the day, Warner Brothers tell stories, mm-hmm. you know. And it's the same thing with Disney acquiring Marvel. Disney is a storytelling company. Like, they're, they're companies that tell stories. That's what they specialize in. So they're always going to see the value in that. AT&T is a telecommunications company and a tech company. So they don't value storytelling. They value how to consume storytelling. And so naturally, that's going to be more of a more of a focus for them. So hearing that made me think, like, okay, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. Like, okay, they're, you know, cutting a bunch of people. Like, DC Universe is going to fundamentally Oops. change. Yeah. You know, like, that's fundamentally going to be entirely different now, which makes sense. You know, like, they're going to try and streamline a bunch of stuff. They're trying to make it, you know, more technology-friendly, which makes sense. That said, I don't ever think that floppies are going to go away or that, you know, individual comics like, are ever going to go that's away. something that I know they've been talking about, like, recently. Yeah, I just don't see that being a thing. I don't see that being a thing. Like, at the end of the day, like, that's really where the money comes from mm-hmm. <laughs> for comic stuff. You know, like, you, the trades aren't really, you know, the trade trades do a good amount. But it's also a little different to publish trades and stuff. Whereas, like, floppies, there's still, like, good money in floppies. And worst right. case scenario, that's still an IP farm for them. You know, at the end of the day, they're not going to stop publishing stories with Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Because there is a Batman for every generation. And, mm-hmm. you know, Gal Gadot is our Wonder Woman. And there's a Superman for every generation. You know, so, like, th- there's no way they're going to stop telling those stories. So, I... It sucks that it had to go down the way it did. And I think it sucks even more because it's this year. Like, all this stuff is happening this year amid a pandemic. On top of all the other and things, yeah. That, that's the thing. So it just looks really bad. Like, I'm sure, you know, DC leaving Diamond and going for their own distributors was a thing that was in the works before the pandemic. But in the wake of that, that accelerated the timetable, I'm sure, and said, mm-hmm. hey, this is an opportunity. Let's do this. And does it suck? Yes. Sure. But life goes on. Things are fine. You know, but like, so I think that's just how it's going to be. You know, like things, this can wind up being a good thing. I'm very excited for their new, like, editors in chief. Uh, One coming from a YA background and one coming from like a Mm -hmm. digital background. I think those are two very important things to focus on right now um, for a company. And I think that's a really good, bold move. Uh, And it doesn't hurt that they're both women. Like, Absolutely. You know, uh, it's about still time working, that someone else like, has a different point of view. In, so. Yeah. And from what I hear, like, they'll still be working hand in hand with Jim Lee. Yeah. He's kind of been, like, the driving yeah. force for the last, like, 10 years at least. Yeah, he's so still, like, chief be... creative officer. So, like, they, I, I think they're doing good things. I think they're making good moves. Um, they'll, they'll be trying to go for that sweet, sweet Warner Brothers sim, uh, synergy. Yes, it... Exactly. That's that's exactly it. So I, I think this can only lead to good things. It sucks right now and it hurts right now, but I think it can only mean good things. So Right. 
Yeah, and I'm, I'm that's you know I think what I'm hoping as well. I think a lot of people are because it's it's a very uncertain time, and like you know yeah. when that when that day came and it was just like name after name after name. It was very yeah. very worrying. It was and then, jarring, like for sure. Yeah, especially for me, like one of the people that I was so like shocked and hurt was Andy Curry. Andy that Curry one really, was a real like, that hit yeah. hard for sure. Andy Curry and Mark Doyle. Uh, yes, and Mark. Doyle yeah, like those, those were the two that I was like, oh, I can't believe like they've been in this for so long now. Mm-hmm. You know, like Andy Curry was an editor on so many good books. Oh yeah, and, and so many like books that I'm like. Even still, with all the changes, super hyped about Wonder Woman Dead Earth. Yeah. Our sector yeah. is like my jam. Yeah. Hell so yeah. it's it's interesting that they that I thought the timing was interesting that they did that yes. right before DC Fandom. That's but I the, guess, so that's the weird thing with DC Fandom. Yeah. I'm very frustrated by this because like up until as of recording three days ago, DC mm-hmm. fandom was a one day event and then it became a two day event where somehow they're, where yeah. they're splitting it so that it's all just the movie stuff and like one or two TV things are this week. And then next month will be everything else that no one else was going to watch anyway. (laughs) And then they keep releasing like news things beforehand. Like I'm surprised the Ben Affleck thing came out before DC fandom. Why would you like that? Something that two days before that's something you would drop in like that flash panel. That's going to be like 10 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Like, also, yeah. What is the deal with these? Pa- like, it's fascinating that they now that they split it into two days. All it is is like an eight-hour period, mm-hmm. uh, repeating like twice to yeah. make it to twenty-four hours. <laughs> but all the panels are like 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, what is happening. I'm, I'm, like, I'm not sure. <laughs> like, I'm I'm still hyped for the stuff we are going to see. And mind you, we are currently recording this the day before. The day uh, DC before fandom, DC so fandom. Nothing, so we so. know nothing about what's dropped since then. And this will, of course, yeah. be going after. But um, I don't know. There, there's things that I'm really excited about, things that I'm looking forward to. Um, yeah. The WB Games Montreal panel that they've been, like, teasing yeah. out all week. Yeah. I've been really enjoying, even though it's, be cool. it's, it's not everybody's cup of tea. I understand. But um, a lot of the gaming stuff, the TV stuff, I'm really excited yeah. about. And then, you know, you can just, you know, drip feed me Wonder Woman 84 stuff for as long as you need to. I I'm will here for sustain it. myself over it. I'm here like, for it. They're going to be playing a game of like Werewolf 1984 with like Achievement yeah. Hunter. I'm down. Sure. I'll watch that. <laughs> I'll watch that. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds fine. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to get some Batman stuff. Uh, also, I'm going to call it now. Again, we're recording this the day before. If Idris Elba is not playing Bronze Tiger or someone equally as cool, I will throw a riot. And and I will be there standing awkwardly to the side with my phone recording the <laughs> Going, we're 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 in this together. We're, we're in, in this, this together. together. <laughs> so I I am I'm really I have my fingers crossed for Bronze Tiger too. Like I have been saying that forever. I like, love Bronze Tiger. He's it, just one of the best he's DC characters. So cool. He's, He's like, so interesting, Batman and they never cool. do anything with him. And like, they just—I don't know. I I really, really like. Bronson. He's black exploitation Batman. Exactly. Like, he that's is. why he works very well with Batman. I love that they have like a friendship. Like, mm-hmm. he's definitely black exploitation Batman, which is awesome. And anytime <laughs> he pops up in a Batman book, it's just like, hey, respect. And they yeah. just give each other that bro nod and then move on. Yeah, that so, was a I, major highlight for me in Tom King's run was every time Bronze Tiger showed up and they would have a conversation like, man, like this is crazy. 
crazy, right? It's like, yeah, I know, right? Like, <laughs> I would not mind more Bronze Tiger in, in my nah. books, for Hell sure. Nah. So uh, speaking of books, speaking we are going to roll right on into our pitches. So I think that as our esteemed and returning special guest, we are going to lend the floor to Malcolm for his pitch on DC on DC going forward. We're going to be talking about the titles of the books, uh, the creative teams, the imprints kind of, I'm uh-huh. sure you have like a direction and maybe even some synopses for these books. I know I've got synopses for mine. I so do. <laughs> this, this man does his homework. And I, when he told me 29 homework. books, I thought to myself, of course I, <laughs> I, I knew it. I knew I'd be in for this, but I'm Should've really known. excited because we have a lot of the same tastes in a lot of stuff, but we also have some differing tastes for certain books. Yeah. So I'm really excited. Yeah, sure. So it's going to be good. Whatever you want to start, the floor is yours. Okay. So first I'm going to start off with a little bit of a preface. Um, my, my direction for DC uh, comes very largely from my favorite era of DC comics, uh, which I think everyone has a favorite era of comics that they're into. Uh, my favorite era in general of comics I've read. Now, I've read a lot of stuff from before I was born, right? And I've mm-hmm. read a lot of stuff throughout my life, all that jazz. But I think the best era of comics, specifically for DC Comics, is the 2000s. If you take that, like, 2000 yeah. to, like, 2010 era, that is just prime DC Comics. I think that stuff just works so well. So I drew a lot of inspiration from that. And it's really bringing it back to that flavor. Um, There was just a a flavor of unpredictability, uh, you know, exciting, big, bombastic action. That was the rise of Jeff Johns, uh, you know, which, I mean, not only the rise of Jeff Johns, but Jeff Johns being a very big part of the publishing of DC Comics. That's the beginning of Dan DiDio being, uh, you know, in charge of things at DC. And I think specifically then, he was so like important and so helpful to what DC became. Right. Um, you know, I, I think Dan DiDio had a position of power for a little too long. He did it for like 20 years. <laughs> like that's a long time, you know, but that first 10 years is solid gold. So uh, it draws a lot from that. And a lot of the creators that I have on here, you know, some of them will be from then. I tried to draw from a lot of creators that DC is also actively using right now, uh, artists and writers. Uh, so that way it wouldn't be too dissimilar, but there's some people from then and some titles from then and stuff that are, you know, prevalent now. Um, I also wanted to draw inspiration from one of my favorite Marvel eras, which is the heroic age, uh, nice. which if Love I could that. call this anything, it would be DC's the heroic age. Um, and the, the point of the heroic age for Marvel, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, heroic age was 20. Oh God. 2011. No, no, 2010. 2010 through, like, 2012 was the heroic age. Uh, And it was right after Dark Reign, which is when Norman Osborn and the Dark Avengers were in charge of everything. And so this was... It was uh, a big mandate of, like, heroes aren't going to be fighting other heroes. Because it was such a long time period of heroes are fighting heroes to the point where the villains became the heroes. And that makes no sense. Like, so the heroic age was things are going to be heroic again. Heroes are going to be superheroes. They are going to be good guys and they're going to do good and they're going to punch bad guys in the face and there's going to be no moral gray. Like, it is black and white. That's it. And I love that era. I think the heroic age was such a great idea for Marvel. It was exactly what it needed. Um, and I love Dark Reign. Like, don't get me wrong. I think Dark Reign is maybe the most interesting time period for Marvel stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But, but it was such a 
fresh like breath of air, you know, to have the heroic age. So it's kind of styled after that as well. Love so it. with that, let's go into the title. So my first imprint is the main DC universe line. Uh, I called this new DC, you know, cause I like new, DC Coke new? As a title. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about DC new. Oh boy. <laughs> DCU. Oh no, DCU. (laughs) DC know you. DC know you are. (laughs) So, so I have this broken down by like families of books. Uh, It's it reads a lot like a solicitations uh, magazine, basically, because I guess that's (laughs) how my brain thought of it. Um, So we're gonna start with the Bat books. Uh, So you have your flagship Batman, which. Now, the line is a little... uh, The Batman line, specifically, is usually, like, ten different titles. Mm -hmm. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, sort of? Like, it's not many. Um, You know, but uh, the nice thing is that Batman's only the star of two of them. Nice. (laughs) Uh, Actually, one of them. I'm sorry, one of them. I misspoke, because I forgot I changed something. So, uh, Batman. The main Batman book, the flagship title, uh, creative team, uh, Brian Michael Bendis writing, and Nick Darrington drawing it. Uh, I loved Batman Universe. I thought Batman Universe was the best Batman book we've gotten in the last 10 years, maybe. (laughs) Uh, I think that book was just absolutely incredible. So it's literally just the Batman Universe team taking on the flagship title. Uh, That's my logline for it. Um, So that's the Batman book. And that's the only book that Batman stars in just by himself. That's it, hmm. which is, nice. is uh, nice, which leaves you to, well, what about Detective Comics? So, Detective Comics featuring Batwoman. Uh, I like that a lot. And it's, and it's uh, Greg Rucka writing. Uh, he yes. created the character of mm-hmm. Katie Kane and really made her what she is. And uh, Jock drawing it because Jock changed oh. the visual look for Detective Comics. So, uh, and the logline for that is just Batwoman Returns. That's all you need. <laughs> Love it. I love that. <laughs> what else do you need to know? <laughs> uh, now, you might be asking, okay, well, Batman starring in Batman. Okay, makes sense. What about, you know, uh, Robin? What about Robin? Well, there's an answer for that, too. There's a Robin's book. Robin's. Uh, mm, written by, I like that a lot. Written by Brian Michael Bendis and drawn by Dan Mora. Uh, which Dan Mora is, so good. Uh, I think, one of the best artists in comics right now. Oh, for sure. Uh, no one draws Robin like Dan Mora does. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so it's, that's shame. the Robin's title. Nice. I like that a lot. And I, yeah, I like that uh, team, too. Yeah, I, I think it, this is a little bit of a cheat. But um, in a few weeks, you will understand exactly why I have Bendis writing that story. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> mm. Okay, interesting. It's a little bit of a cheat, but uh, you will understand exactly why I have Bendis writing that story. Uh, that book was also something else beforehand, but I was like, no, it can only really be one thing. Uh, <laughs> Fair. Um, so that's the Robins book, and that's just going to be all the Robins. All the Robins. Nice. It's, a, it's a Robin team-up book. Um, Damien will be kind of the lead and he'll team up with all the different Robins and it, it'll, that, that's just their book. Uh, I they like solve that kind cases of like, together. Um, like a brave and the bold style where yes. it's like every week is a new team up with a different Robin. That's really cool. Yes. Okay. Hang on to that. Hang on to that word, to that, that title too, brave and the bold. 
hang on to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll come back to that later. So, uh, my favorite DC character is Nightwing. So you have to have a Nightwing book. Got it. Uh, so, uh, Pete Tomasi, who I think did an amazing run on Nightwing in the 2000s. Uh, and Travis Moore, who Travis Moore is again, one of the other best artists in town. Uh, he's so so good. good. And he's been like, every time he pops up on the Nightwing book is so, it's so pretty. Oh God. His, his art is so good. Oh, for sure. Uh, the tagline is just get o- get ready for some good old fashioned dick. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yes, That's it. I love that. <laughs> tells you right what you need to know, right up. Tells you, tells you everything you need to know. Uh, yes. Now, I am not going to put anybody in a corner here. Uh, I'm not pushing anybody aside. We're using everybody. So the next title. That women. Ooh, nice. I like that. Uh, written by Brian Q. Miller, which Brian Q. Miller uh, is in the comics world is most known for uh, for writing the Smallville season eleven comics, oh, as well yeah. as the Stephanie Batgirl run when I've, Steph was Batgirl on the Batman. Steph is Batgirl stuff. is underrated. I completely me, agree. I I think she might be the best take on that character. I I you, you'd be hard pressed to get a disagreement from me on that one. I think Stephanie Brown is one of the best characters that does not get enough love. Absolutely. And that's why she's going to be in this book. It's Barbara starting a bat network of spoiler Cassandra Kane and uh I keep forgetting her name. Uh she's Bluebird Harper Rowe. Another Harper one of Rowe, favorites. thank you. Another one of God, favorites. I couldn't think of Harper Rowe's name. So it's the three of them. They're going to be the Batwomen. Because uh, they're also not girls. So, <laughs> so it's just going to be a Batwomen syndicate. Good stuff. Uh, which is awesome. Uh, so yeah, and Barbara's leading the team. Uh, not specifically saying if Barbara's in a wheelchair or not, but Barbara's leading the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have that. And then a book that I wish I could pitch dc right now it's something that i have wanted to happen for a while it's the only thing that makes sense to me <sighs> red hood and the outsiders yeah <laughs> red hood oh and the God. outsiders that's so oh that's so perfect so That's so perfect. The outsider, the specifically, and uh, the creative team is Judd Winnick and Doug Monkey. Oh um, my God! Yes. So Judd Winnick's Outsiders book is one of my favorite comics of all time. So I good. think that book is absolutely genius. Uh, again, for those of you who don't know, it's Nightwing and Arsenal build this team of you know a couple new characters like Grace, but also you know like some some characters that just weren't in books. Um, and they're kind of superhero bounty hunters. They work for this corporation that pays them to hunt down supervillains. Nice. Why, why wouldn't Love that it. be a Red Hood book? That is what the Red Hood book should be. <laughs> like, oh my God. Why has <laughs> no one thought of that? So, so the core team for that that I have, uh, specifically if we're keeping in modern continuity, <clears throat> uh, Red Hood, Donna Troy, and... This is a little hard one too, but the recently resurrected Godspeed uh, oh. are on the hunt for someone who seems to be Arsenal, who is using Arsenal's technology and hunting down people. 
and so they're wondering if Roy is still alive. Uh, oh, so real quick, so before Hood, we go further than this, um, yes. continuity-wise, would you put this, this in the is... same DC universe we're in right now, post, like, death metal and everything? Yes, but in okay. my mind, uh, that is kind of merged with the old DC history Love to it. just become one thing. Cool. Because I, I think everything should be brought in. My favorite thing that Marvel does is that everything in continuity matters. Everything matters, uh, yeah. I, I always use the example of Teen Tony still is a thing. Like, if Teen, Teen Tony just, happened... Justice then, for Teen Tony. <laughs> then justice for Teen Tony. everything happened. So Matt I think DC should do that, too. <laughs> I, I think that DC should do that, too, and just bring everything together. So it's blending in the old continuity with the current stuff, kind of what they promised with rebirth, but taking it a little bit further and just fully admitting it. Doing it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so that's why I say recently resurrected Godspeed because Godspeed was recently just ganked. You know, it's a whole thing. Sorry. Spoilers for flash. Uh, so yeah, I know. I, I think he's such an interesting character and he, I like the, the idea of this team being all the black sheep of the families. So like mm-hmm. Donna Troy is kind of the black sheep right now, the wonder woman family. Yeah. Red hood is always going to be the black sheep of the Bat family. And Godspeed is the red hood of the flash family. <laughs> like, love it. So I, love it. I like the idea of them going after another black sheep of the family and being Roy Harper. Um, nice. Which, you know, further on, I have like, oh, no, like, but it actually is a clone of Roy. And that's how you do the clone Roy stuff. And that's why this is Arsenal as opposed to Red Arrow and yada, yada, yada. I see. So, okay. So that's my bat. That's my bat books. Uh, now we go into the Superman family. Oh my God. Heavy hitters yep. right out the gate. I love that. <laughs> I told you I did some work, man. <laughs> it, it shows. It absolutely does. And I like the synergy between all the books, too. Yeah, that, and that's the thing. I, I miss the books feeling very connected. Mm-hmm. That's something that Rebirth did very well, specifically with the Superman books. Yes, All the Superman absolutely. books felt very connected, which is awesome. And even I want that even the ones the that you wouldn't like, expect to be connected, like the mainline Superman book and yeah. New Superman. Yeah, exactly. By those Julian. were so connected, yeah. And I love both of those books so much. Yeah, oh my god. I So, Jin Yuan Lang was, uh, was someone that I didn't... Uh, have in my lineup and it bugs me I oh my man and, we, and we'll talk I a need. little bit at the end about uh creators that we really wanted to get in but we just couldn't yeah. find a place for yeah uh but superman superman so you have the flagship superman title uh written by peter tomasi of course double dipping in this in the super and bat families i like of it of course got to do it mm-hmm. and uh and drawn by jason Fabok. Ooh, that's gonna be so pretty. Because that's, that's gonna, gonna be, be really so pretty. pretty. Uh, and I, yes, I do have Tomasi writing Nightwing as well. That's because uh, if any two books should cross over between those two families, it's Nightwing and Nightwing Superman. Superman. Mm-hmm. Goddamn right. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. See, this is what I'm talking about. Like we we agree on so many things <laughs> because they're unequivocally right. They just they, are. Some things are just true statements in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of them. Uh. And the logline is, uh, it's a brand new era for Superman as he strives to redeem his greatest nemesis, Lex Luthor. Because if there's one thing I loved about Rebirth, it was that Lex Luthor was a hero. Mm -hmm. And I hate, hate, hate that Lex Luthor has become a bad guy again. That's stupid. (laughs) So let's bring him back. Because I think Clark should hate that too. Mm -hmm. Especially with Superman being all out there, his identities out there, the truth, you know the first thing he should do is be like, okay, 
there's really no reason <laughs> there's really no reason for 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 Lex to be a bad guy. Like there's no reason. Lex Lex should be if anything he should be the Doctor Doom. Yes. In that like Doctor Doom is the fifth member of the Fantastic 4 always perpetually. Like always. He may be in conflict with them, but he is the fifth member. He's Magneto. Like that is mm-hmm. what Lex Luthor should be. So I think Pete Tomasi probably shares the same ideas. I'm projecting a little bit, but you know, that's what I want. It's so, possible. <laughs> it's possible. Uh, a big thing for me was that uh, all the big three are just in one book solo. Uh, so that's nice. the only Superman title that is just Superman. Okay. Um, so that leads to Action Comics featuring Supergirl. Uh, written by Sterling Gates, who Sterling Gates had such Ooh. a great Supergirl run in the yes. 2000s. And it was cut short, and I hate that. So, written by Sterling Gates and drawn by Rafa Sandoval, who is incredibly good. Yes, Sandoval. Like, Rafa Sandoval is one of those underrated artists. Like he's a he's a he's just a serviceman, you know. Like you get him to fill in on stuff, but he is totally unbelievably yeah. good. Uh, his flash run for the Rebirth era has mm-hmm. been awesome. Like oh, the guy's amazing. So, so I'd good. love to see him drawing that. Uh, and so Supergirl stars in this book that brings. John Kent and the Legion of Superheroes here to the present to stay. Oh, oh. And so what oh. do you do when you have, uh, you know, 16,000 teenage superheroes show up? That's the problem in Action Comics. Wow. And that way you get John in there as well. You get a Legion book. You get all of it. Uh, oh my God. A big thing that I loved in that 2000s run with Supergirl was that from volume three on, she was in the future. And mm-hmm. she joined the Legion of Superheroes, and it was a stealth Legion of Superheroes book. I think that was such a good idea. So good. Um, so good. Like, that that run was awesome. That was Mark Wade, I think. Mark Wade, I think Barry so. Kitson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that stuff was awesome. So I like and she fits so well going. with that element, too. Just that yeah. team. Yes. Yes. I, I think that those characters will grow very well together. Also, sure. there has not been enough Kara and John. Like, Agreed. just not enough. Just not enough. That's severely lacking. Let's get that going. So Mm -hmm. have that in there, too. And that's my Superman titles. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Dude, knocking these out of the park. And you're making them feel, again, like I like the synergy between the Superman books. Like it feels really, really good. Yeah. And, you know, it, it leaves it. I think it's easier if you don't have Superman showing up in every Superman title and you don't have Batman showing up in every Batman title. I think it's easier to have those titles uh, not only crossover, but also mean something, you yeah. know, like you, you have the stakes of, uh, you know, if the, the best time for like an Avengers book to matter is when you have characters in that book that don't have their own titles. So mm. like right now, you know, like Robbie Reyes is an Avenger. Anything that's exciting that's going to happen with that character is going to be in the Avengers title. And right. that keeps me very excited about that, you know, exactly. but Captain America, I know there's not going to be really big earth-shattering things that happen with him in the Avengers title because he has his yeah. own title. So I think it makes those titles matter more if mm-hmm. you know the characters aren't repetitively showing up in a bunch of different titles. That's nice. especially Batman. Like it's very hard to have any kind of growth with Batman because <laughs> he's true. in six different books every month. Yeah, you know, and it doesn't and give you a clear idea of what is a flagship. Other books too. Exactly. Like, it, and it doesn't give you an idea of what's a clear, like, flagship title. So that way, this is like, okay, if you're picking up Superman, you're getting Superman. If you're mm-hmm. picking up Batman, you're getting Batman. Like, that's it. it. Like, it's clear, cut, and dry. So For sure. Uh, which brings me to the other of the big three, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. 
So Wonder Woman uh, is a character who always just has one title, and, and that's stupid. <laughs> there should be a Wonder Woman family. Yes. And it makes no sense that there's no Wonder Woman family title, or, or like family of books. So there's two for this as well. Uh, the main Wonder Woman title, uh, which I just have the current creative team continuing, uh, Marco Tamaki so and Michael Jane. so good. This is the first time in years that Wonder Woman is just a superhero and not dealing with gods or anything. Yeah. And it's I just love... her being a superhero, and it's awesome. Mikkel Janine is one of my favorite <laughs> artists right oh, now. And he's, he's unbelievable. He's making that book he's so, so pretty. Good. He's so good. Uh, and, and it's a book that it's so pretty on the inside, and it has those beautiful Dave Marquez covers as well. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's such a nice touch. Uh, I, so I love that. So they can just keep doing whatever they're doing. Love it. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, the second title, the second super, or the second Superman, geez, uh, the second Wonder Woman title is uh, Sensation Comics. Obviously. Nice. Love it. Uh, written by Kami Garcia and drawn Ooh. by Javier Fernandez. Uh, yeah. I think Kami oh. Garcia deserves some more work. Yes. Uh, I think Absolutely. she's done awesomely on the things that she's done so far. That jokey. Are you reading Joker Harley Criminal Sanity? I'm not. And that's honestly, I just, I. There were six different Joker Harley books coming out, half of them hey, from I feel Black you. Label. And I'm like, I can't I get feel you. Any and those them. are two characters that I don't like traditionally, uh, especially the Joker. He's my least favorite comics character. Um, but that book is insanely good. Interesting. <laughs> I, I, I think that book is so interesting. It's such a great Elseworlds title. Well, I like um, the creative team. I like the creative team a lot. And yeah. I was like really interested. I was like, I just wish you were on a different book. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel it. So that's that's that was my exact thinking. I, I want to see her do something else. For and then sure. Javier Fernandez, his art is so dark and moody, and it's exactly mm-hmm. what I want for this feel. Uh, because this is the second Wonder Woman title with a second Wonder Woman. Because Nubia should be back in the comics. Yeah. And so it's Nubia, baby. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, I, th- I thought you were going to say Cassie for a second. I wouldn't have been mad about that either. No, I, you know what? In the back of my head, Cassie is kind of like a co-character in this. Yeah. Because um, I think she could learn some interesting things from Nubia. Absolutely. Um, I we think all that's could. a very different, we all could. I think that's a very different kind of like Wonder Woman dynamic there. For sure. Um, especially in a modern context. Like we haven't seen Nubia, Jesus, 20, 25 years. Like she just hasn't been a thing. Yeah. Um, so I think there's there could be such an interesting dynamic for a Wonder Woman in this current, like, political climate uh, who is black i think that's a really interesting thing uh so like let's let that ride do that um oh i forgot to mention with the robins book uh duke is a robin totally forgot to mention that uh because it's garbage that he is thomas give me duke thomas make him robin you cowards (laughs) just put him just put him back in his we are robins costume because it was perfect seriously just give him a domino mask and then you're good to go I didn't even mind the helmet. I didn't even mind the goofy Nova Corps looking helmet that he was wearing. Like me neither. I literally have an action figure of that. They have action figures of that. I'm going to walk you over. I'm going to walk you. Okay. Over We're taking an intermission here to look taking at this an intermission. Thing. He did the uh, same thing last episode with the Captain America action figure, the Captain yep. America Sam Wilson action figure. And I love, I love that costume for him. Two, boom. Oh my god, it's so nice. Yeah, he's got the helmet head and then he's got a non-helmet head. Oh, he's got like great. a nunchuck. Is is he is he still uh is he still a metahuman in your book? Uh I don't know. Because I don't know how I feel about that. I think that's an interesting yeah. idea. I just don't think that they did anything 
super interesting with it. Um, I so I, I honestly don't know. I think there's a really good idea to have a metahuman uh, Robin. Like you could do some cool stuff with that. But yeah, what, one of my know. favorite little two, three issue stories was when Damien got superpowers for some reason. Oh my god, that was yeah. After and no one knows life. how to deal with him. So good, <laughs> so good. <laughs> one of my favorite covers is him homaging the action comics the action comics smashing the battle with like Alfred with running Alfred? off. <laughs> I think I about it. that Alfred face once a week. I kid you not. <laughs> that just pops in my head and I'll just laugh. Because <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, so that's my Wonder Woman titles. Uh, now we get into the Justice titles. The, nice. You know, everyone else that's a superhero. So uh, let's start this off. Okay, Aquaman. <sighs> this is the one I'm really excited about. Because I hope he would do it. I'd like to think he would do it. Uh, Brad Meltzer. Ooh, Brad Meltzer on Aqua on Aquaman. That would be really cool. And Ivan we, Reyes doing the art. Yes, uh, Ivan Reyes is so good, and it makes me so mad that he's on a book that so I good. don't care about. I genuinely don't remember what he's drawing. <laughs> what is he he's drawing? drawing Superman. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh yeah, I forgot. You hate the cards. I, I, <laughs> I totally forgot it. that. I'm I don't like to. Dry. I don't like to say that I hate things, but I do not. I do not read that book. And that's a little teaser that that <laughs> team will not survive my line of books. Listen, I like that book, and that creative team didn't survive my line of books. So, <laughs> so that should tell you something. Uh, but yeah, I think Brad Meltzer would be a really interesting voice on Aquaman. Um, when he was writing comics, Aquaman was not around. Um, in in the same fashion that Aquaman is, you know, proper Aquaman right now. Uh, and I think that'd be a cool character for him to get his hands on. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and it would be Aquaman, Mara, and Aqualad in that book. Uh, that's it. your Aqua Which family Aqualad? book. <sighs> so, my only, my only problem with the character of Jackson Hyde. Is that he's is not that called he, a ROM? Is that he's not called a ROM. So it'd be called a ROM. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the correct choice. It would be called a ROM. The uh, only just fully true, just one true upgrade Aqualad. that character. Yeah, just fully upgrade that character into being called a ROM. It's, mm -hmm. it's the it's the best take on Aqualad. Uh, I think he's. I mean, that there's a character that has the potential to be even better than Aquaman, and I love Aquaman. Like he he could easily hold a franchise. I think. yeah yeah. Especially I think that is connection Manta like. Exactly. Like, it's such a good idea. Ugh, so frustrating. <laughs> Every time I see Jackson Hyde's hair, I'm just like, oh, I hate you. Like, damn it. <laughs> Shave it and diet. Shave it and Shave diet. Shave it and diet, man. Like, so, that's the Aquaman title. Nice. Uh, now we have the Flash titles. Plural. I so the like first that. one. The first one is called Barry Allen is the Flash. <laughs> So it just tells you immediately on the rack when you're going through the shelves. Okay, I can skip this one. All right, so we're gonna. Go <laughs> the first I'm sorry, I'm is... not a Barry Allen guy, folks. I'm Man, sorry. It's I am West. a Barry Allen guy. It's Wally West, ride or die for me. But I get it. I but get I respect. It. I respect the Barry Allen. That's why the second title is Wally West is the Flash. Yes, I love these names. You have I them both. Love the names for these so, titles. So that way you know which Flash you're getting. Uh, the Barry Allen book. Uh, he's going to be the Flash of Keystone, 
And then the Wally West book, he's the... Oh, I'm sorry. The Barry Allen book, he's the Flash of Central. I was going to say. Wally West's book, he's the Flash of Keystone. Yeah, Yeah. I I thought about swapping them and forgot to change it in my notes. (laughs) (laughs) I like that it's very um, Steve Rogers, Sam Wilson, Captain America. That was my exact thought. Yep. That's my exact thought. You have them both. There's no reason why there can't be two Flashes. And the only person to write both books would be Jeff Johns. Yes. Jeff Johns writing both books. Absolutely love that. Uh, on art for Barry Allen, you have Sean Chen, who is another like long-running, just incredible artist. Like, yeah. he, and he's only gotten better. Uh, he's been drawing Batman Beyond for the last like year or so, and his Batman Beyond work is unbelievable. Oh my god, it's so clean. It's so yeah. so clean. And then for the Wally West book, you have to have Scott Collins. <laughs> yes, but. <laughs> Yes, buddy, Scott Collins. Is the only person. <laughs> Jeff Johns with Scott Collins. For a Wally West book. Oh, while having while having him do Barry, because he also loves Barry. And then that does, way does the, he keep does he keep the rebirth suit? Because I love that no. Wally West suit. Ooh. No. No. Or does he does he go post Flash Rebirth suit? That's the one. The uh, the John Wesley ship suit. That's the one. Yeah, I love that one too. So that's yes. okay. As long as it's and, one of those and, two suits. And Barry and Barry ditches that new Fifty Two Speedline suit because it's classic. stupid and buzz goes back belt. to the classic. Yes, the buzzsaw belt. <laughs> yes. Yes. Hell yeah! It's the only choice. I love so that those so are the much. Flash titles. Uh, nice. I like that a lot. There's no reason for there not to be two Flashes. Agreed. <laughs> There's no reason. There can be two Spider Men. There can be two Flashes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I like that it's you're really it feels like it's building out a universe for each of these each of these families and that like, yeah, they can cross over, like you said, with Nightwing and uh, yeah. Super, but they don't have to because there's yeah. enough interconnectivity between them that they can all kind of stick together. That's exactly it. That's really and so. Cool. And so thinking with that, uh, my next two titles, while seemingly very apart, are also close together because of the relationship with the characters. Nice. Uh, so next one is Green Lantern. Love it. Uh, written by Tom King and drawn by Doc Shaner. Oh, you got two of my favorite creators on a Green Lantern book. It's not the first time they've done it, though. It's true. It's true. They're on Strange Adventures right now. They're killing it. It's not the first time they've done a Green Lantern book. Oh, that's right. During the uh, Apocalypse War. Or yeah. Dark Dark Side War, yeah. So I, he was I the god love of that. Light. I think I think that was the best of those specials. Agree. <laughs> like, that was the only was one so I actually good. bought. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I I think that they should just do a Green Lantern book. That would like, be why killer. not? Why not? And, and you could bring in Tom King's military background with the space police. Like, exactly. That would be really cool. Exactly. But I also want it to be more superhero. Like okay. I I want it to be more. He okay. He is the Green Lantern of two eight one four. He spends a lot of time on Earth because he's an Earthling, and he's a superhero. And there's only so many windows that you can stare out while it's raining in space. This is very true. It is. This is very true. You can't have him (laughs) staring out of a window while it's raining out on Mars. You just can't. This is very true. (laughs) (laughs) I love how he's leaned into that. Every time someone pitches him a book on Twitter, he just types out, stares out into a window, (laughs) stares out of a window as it rains. As it rains. (laughs) That's that's what you do. I mean, it's the only choice. So would Uh, would Hal Jordan be your guy? Yeah. 
Nice. Yeah. So, so it'd be a Howl book. Now, everyone else is going to show up, of course. Of course. You know, but it's a Howl book. Nice. He's, he's my main lantern. I think there should be just one, one lantern of Earth for 2814. And I want Great. it to mainly take place in 2814. Hell yeah. So, yeah. Uh, which will work well with it tying into the next book. Green Arrow, Black Canary. Yes. Written by Tom Taylor. Oh, my God. All my dreams. All my dreams. And drawn by Otto Schmidt. You just, you know. You know exactly what's going to get to my heart. <laughs> that's, you know exactly what I'll endorse. It's the only choice. It's the two of them. It's, it's, it's That's incredible. It's, it's the only choice. And that way, that you know, so you have Green Lantern and Green Arrow, Black Canary tying in together every now and then, mm-hmm. you know. That's your family connection right there. So oh, That's so good. That's so yeah. good. I love yeah. it so much. That's what I want. Hell yeah. Uh, which brings us to the youngsters. The youngsters. The universe. Love it. Uh, so Titans. Not Teen Titans, just Titans. Just Titans. Uh, written by James Tinney and the Fourth. Love it. And drawn by Matteo Scalera. I love me some Matteo Scalera. Hell yeah. So do I. And I'm very glad that post Black Science, he seems to be hitching his horse to the DC universe. Specifically which is very to exciting. the White Knight line, which I really think is right up his alley. It's right up his alley. Man, like I'm so down for that. I'm ready for mm-hmm. more superheroes, Matteo Scalera. I'm, I'm waiting too long. Them. I'm waiting for them to announce like the team for that Nightwing book because they've got the team for. Uh, for, Har- for Harley Quinn, for Harley. we've got a Nightwing yeah. and a Batgirl book coming, too. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. very excited. I want them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That, I, I think he would be so good on a Titans book, though. Like, Agreed. The art would just look absolutely incredible. Um, do you have a lineup with that, for that book? So I do not. And there's a Ooh. reason. It's because it's all the young heroes in the DC universe forming the largest army that the world's ever known. But why? Oh, my God. So oh it's my- everyone there isn't a specific lineup because it's everybody i love that it's it's like the end of uh what was that season four of teen titans where just like yes everybody shows up to take down what was that was my exact thought (laughs) yeah that was my i love that yeah and that could that could provide really interesting uh stories where it's like the adults are like why aren't they all getting together what's going on Exactly. And then they could have crossovers with the Justice League for like, uh, hey, we need to get rain your rain your guys in a little bit because we've also got the Legion. Exactly. Exactly. And that oh way you can get some Legionnaires Titans, Legion being War. Titans as well. I, I specifically was like, okay, some of the Legionnaires are going to be Titans. Like, Hell absolutely. Yeah. It's that book is going to be crazy crowded. And I think it'd be so awesome. Um, <laughs> now, on the other side of that, a book that's a little less crowded, Young Justice. Nice. Written by James Tinian the Fourth. Love it. And drawn by Jorge Jimenez. I love Because they like working together. Mm-hmm. And I'll let them work together. And Jorge Jimenez and Mateo Scalera have very similar styles. Agreed. So it, so it I wouldn't think be too hard to have them that, cross over with each other, too. Exactly. That family of books will look real good together. That's real cool. good on a shelf. Oh, man. Uh, and that is specifically doing what Young Justice did in the cartoon which is them being a black ops team for the yes. justice league i love that it's a black ops strike force oh, i love that so much because why didn't they just do that <laughs> <laughs> you had it in the cartoon everyone likes the cartoon why wouldn't you just do that so so that's that uh I like and that i like lot. the idea of james Tinian the fourth uh has a very good young voice i think he writes young characters very well Agreed. uh 
uh, Tim would be very important to both of those books. Um, I would say that he would be the lead Robin, if you will, of both of those books. Yes. Um, because also... Uh, best Robin. And, uh, best Robin, absolutely. Um, and I think with establishing... A big thing for me with establishing the Robins book is that they're all Robins. Yes. And so you could have multiple Robins at one time, and that's fine. Mm. You have yeah. the Batwomen book, where you have all of them being Batwomen. That's totally fine. Nice. So you could have Tim regain his role as Robin. Hell yeah. Don't make him, you don't, he doesn't have to be Red Robin. He could be Robin Prime, but he's Robin. That's it. <laughs> he will always be Robin Prime. We will call him Robin <laughs> Prime. He will tell his young justice to roll out. <laughs> he will turn into a truck in one issue. <laughs> I was literally watching that like before we got on the call. Oh god. The the new one. So it's really funny. I didn't even <laughs> connect that. Uh but yeah, so uh and James Cena in the fourth loves Tim. So yes. You know, the correct why wouldn't he be in the lead of both of those books? <laughs> uh so that's the young books. Uh nice. let's get to the ladies. The ladies. All right, ladies. Bring us ladies. Uh, we have Gotham City Sirens. Love it. Uh, written by Brian Michael Bendis. Okay. And drawn by Dave Marquez. Love me some Dave Marquez. Love me some Dave Marquez. Uh, and that's the big Harley and Ivy book. Yay. Uh, Harley and Ivy building a new gang of super women. Oh, he'll make them so pretty too. Yes. Yes, oh, he That will. book is going to be gorgeous. <laughs> Yes, it will. <laughs> and so it's it's Harley and Ivy going around building their own little super women gang. Nice. Uh, not necessarily for good, not necessarily for bad. They're just doing their own thing. That's the fun nice. hangout book. Because if there's one thing that Brian Michael Bendis does very well, it's hangout books. Mm-hmm. So true. So, so true. That's your fun hangout book with a little bit of action, but it's a fun hangout book. I like that. So, uh, uh, and the other one would be uh, Birds of Prey. Yes. Written by Joel Jones. Ooh. And drawn by Joel Jones and Jorge Fornes. Hell yeah. Oh, that would be awesome. And that's Black Canary, Catwoman, Huntress, A New Oracle. Don't know who. Ooh. And Big Barda. Oh, my God. I... I love Big Barda. <laughs> I am such a Big Barda mark. I love oh, yeah. me some me, Big Barda. Me too. I, lo I love me a tall queen. For sure. <laughs> uh, listen, Elizabeth Debicki, if you're still out there and listening, uh, <laughs> please play Big Barda. Because oh, Elizabeth Debicki yeah. is like 6'5". Something and like just that. Just glorious. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Dude. She could be Big Barda. Too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's my Birds of Prey book. Uh, nice. Because there needs to be a Birds of Prey book. Oh, for like, sure. Absolutely there does. And it doesn't have to be tied to Harley because of the movie. Like, right. sorry. It just doesn't. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Like, it, it, it just doesn't. It just doesn't. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Okay. Now here's the good ones. Are you ready for this? Oh, the, the good ones. Like, the others haven't been freaking <laughs> amazing the whole time. <laughs> This sure. is this is the real team dynamic side. Uh, this is the Justice books. Nice. W one book, the Justice League. The specifically, Justice League. specifically titled the Justice League. Okay, sounds blockbustery. I like it. Uh, 
written by i love the statement of a the that's my favorite thing about the batman title is mm-hmm. that it's got the statement of the the it's very it's powerful cool. yeah so the justice league the justice league written by tom taylor yes because it's time it's, it's been time. it's beyond time it's past and, time. and he's bringing bruno ronaldo with him uh his injustice yes. and his suicide squad partner it, it's time that. It, it's time so let's let's get him on it uh, and so this is the Trinity building a new Justice League. No more Big Seven. This Ooh. is just the Justice League. I love it. So it's they're building their own special team, mm-hmm. and you'll never believe who the first recruit is. Deathstroke. Oh, okay, okay, all right. I'm interested. That's 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 what I got so far. I love that. <laughs> No, that's really cool. Because <laughs> you need because the Justice League is a statement, and mm-hmm. so you need to have a statement team. Yeah, and like that. uh, it, it'll it'll be interesting. Deathstroke is definitely a statement for sure. Deathstroke is Deathstroke is a statement. Hell so, yeah! Why not, dude? That's awesome. Uh, then following that, you have Justice Society of America. Yes, obviously. Uh, written by Tom Taylor. Love that. And drawn by Clayman. Oh, my heart. My heart. I love me some Clayman. <laughs> I love me some Clayman. I love me some Clayman. And uh, boy, if anyone's going to draw uh, any of those classic heroes Hell and yeah. looking good, it's going to be Clayman. It should be Clayman. Have, uh, have you been reading the um, Injustice Year, Year Zero? Year Zero? I have the issues. I haven't read them yet. Okay. It has two of my favorite justice society moments in modern comics in the very first issue okay all right just keep an eye out for them awesome i will read that tonight and and we'll 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 talk about it for sure because i've been loving that book yeah i i'm i'm so stoked that he's writing the justice society and there there was no one else to do that yeah Uh, especially if he's writing the justice league book that way again Keep that synergy. family yep. synergy. It's perfect, Love uh, and that's classic. Just JSA, like that's that's yeah. your J. That's your main JSA team. Um, Hell yeah! Uh, alongside that, uh, what used to be known as Justice League Dark, but I've never really liked that title. We're right. going back to Shadow Pact. Yes! Hell yeah! So Shadow Pact, uh, written by Josh Williamson. Cool. Uh, who I think has done. An interesting job on Flash. I think his Flash book has been had ups Peaks and, and downs. Valleys, for sure. Peaks and valleys. But his Batman Superman has been awesome. So good so far. Really, like, really insanely been enjoying it. good. And I, I wish I, I wish it was more the consistent Batman who laughs. with the art team. I, I feel you on that. Yeah. Because I wish they had either stuck to David Marquez or to Nick Darrington because I love both of them. Yeah. Me, Clayton me Henry's too, not me bad. Too. I want to make I, I was gonna say make I really clear. like what Clayton Henry's Clayton, Clayton Henry is not bad. Book. I like his art, but I just but I wish that they had stuck Darrington and Marquez. Me too. Um, and I, like, I assign that that book is really good. I hate the Batman Who Laughs. I think he's my second least favorite character in comics. Um, but that first story arc was awesome. You must be <laughs> loving death metal then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love it so much. It's his favorite it's, event. Uh, oh, boy. Man, remember the bit with the truck? It's so cool. Um... <laughs> Listen, you're gonna notice a big lack of a uh, Snyder and Capullo in my list because that's, uh, you know what? Get that's, him out. 
That's that's fair. I I can respect. <laughs> I can respect that. Uh, but Shadow Pact, uh, Zatanna, Madame Love Xanadu, it. Detective Chimp, and Frankenstein. So as long as you've uh, got Detective Chimp, I'm sold. Hell yeah. It's Shadow Pact. You have to. Have uh, to. Uh, no longer a justice team, Shadow Pact is formed again to find a very important person, the Spectre. Ooh. Where did he go? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> And no, then I, like uh, it's I really cool. Yeah, I I think I think Williamson can go to a really interesting dark place. For um, sure. And I'd like to see that with those characters. Uh, also, there's just not enough Zatanna in my life. Agreed. Uh, Absolutely agreed. And she not enough Frankenstein. Just Frankenstein rocks. Yeah, like, and it's, it's so, so cool. When he popped up in the uh, in the Tomasi Gleason run of Superman, I was like, oh yeah, you're oh, really God. cool. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Remember, like remember in Batman and Robin when he popped up and That's Batman right. was like performing surgery on him? Oh. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. So good. Oh uh, man. And then the last of the team books uh, is Secret Six. Nice. Because uh, why have Suicide Squad when you can have Secret Six? <laughs> uh, and that is written by Grant Morrison. Ooh. Mm. That would and, be really interesting. And drawn by Babs Tar. I love Babs Tar. I love Me Babs too. Tar so much. Me too. And I'd Hell love to yeah. see her get really weird. And Gmo sure. will take her to weird places. That would be great. Uh, and that's that's all there is on that, because if Graham Morrison's gonna do something, you just let him do it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um that's the team books. That's the four like main team books. Okay. Uh which is cool. Uh, and then uh, the last of the main DC line I have is Elseworlds. Nice. Also known as Brave and the Bold. Yes. Bring that Brave and the Bold back. So it has alternate uh, alternate creative teams each issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a bi-monthly double or triple sized book. Wow. And, and each one is just telling an Elseworlds story. That's great. A little but prestige format. like Yeah. Proceed yeah. like give them a spine, you know, but each one is just telling a different kind of Elseworld story. That's oh, what that. some of the greatest D or some of what is always on list of greatest DC stories or Elseworld Superman story. Red Sun, Gotham mm-hmm. by Gaslight. All these books are Elseworld stories. Yeah. And we don't have a real Elseworlds like showcase place. True. We need that. So there should be an Elseworlds title. Uh, yeah. Easy as Absolutely. that. Easy it, as that. It is that easy. It really is. So that's my main DC line. Love it. Now we get into a good one <laughs> uh there's something that so they've all been terrible so far this is what i've really been building up to i, I made all those garbage <laughs> to make these just next to get the three yeah, books really good uh so something that has been talked about for years has never actually come into fruition again we're doing this before dc fandom mm-hmm. which i imagine this would have been a part of tomorrow's fandom now it's probably a part of the fandom a month from now um they've been teasing that they're going to make an announcement for milestone yes we need milestone comics we i think we now more than milestone ever. absolutely now more than ever i think it is so prevalent right now that there should be milestone comics yeah. so i have three milestone titles uh oh, now no. milestone stuff it's a separate imprint but much like the wonder comics right now mm-hmm. uh it is still in the dcu yeah. And it's all from creators of color. 
Love it. Oh, yeah. So uh, you have a milestone team book, which I don't really have a team title for them. Uh, written by Brian Hill. Friend nice. Of, friend of our show, Brian Hill. And drawn by Carrie Randolph, which I love Carrie Randolph's art. He's Carrie so Randolph's good. really good. I, I love that he's got the excellence book over at Image right now. But, man, do I miss him drawing superheroes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it'd be the And two I love of them. Brian Hill, too. Brian Hill's really, really good. I think he's my favorite, like, new voice in comics. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, he's been around for a while, but he's really just hit his stride with superhero stuff in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you read his Killmonger book? I haven't. I haven't. I've seen it. I've seen it up, but I. It is been... unbelievably good. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to like, check it out. That and uh, American Carnage, which I think is the best I mean, Ameri- book that American DC Carnage. published a couple, yeah. like, for years. Uh, for sure. <laughs> uh, the last Vertigo book, if you will. <laughs> yeah, it definitely. Yeah, that's true. That was the last title in Vertigo. Man. So Long live uh, Vertigo. Yeah. Long live certain we'll get parts of Vertigo. Maybe, maybe we'll get to that. Maybe. Uh, awesome. So, yeah, they're on the Milestone team book, and that's kind of the shatter point for the Milestone universe. And it's really just a reboot of the Milestone universe, but taking it through uh, a different way. So uh, if you all will go back to the Static Shock cartoon. Everyone uh, turn to page 475. <laughs> Uh, the big inciting incident was the Big Bang, which created yes. the Bang Babies. Bang Babies. Uh, this is what I'm using for the Milestone reboot. Nice. Uh, there is a Big Bang, and that happens in the Milestone team up book, and it creates all of these heroes of color and all of these villains of color, and that oh, just yeah. creates that whole universe. And so it goes from there. Does that does that include Icon? Yes, it does. Yes. Hang on, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I'm jumping the gun. I'm just getting really excited about Milestone. Sorry. So, so we'll we'll do Icon next. So, Icon's the next title. Yes. Uh, written by N.K. Jemison. Love N.K. Jemison. And drawn by Afua Richardson, uh, who is a great artist that doesn't do a lot of work or doesn't doesn't get enough work, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, she was going to do that Blade reboot a couple years ago with oh, Blade's yeah. daughter that uh, literally just never got she, running. She just decided no. Yeah, uh, I so I met her at a con a couple of years ago, and she was super nice. And I asked her about that because I was like, "What? Like, what happened to that book?" And she was like, "Oh yeah." Um, so Tim Seeley was supposed to be writing it, and when they had announced it, like they were still pitching and stuff, and you know, like going through making sure that the book would work, all that jazz. And he started getting a lot of death threats, and then kind of just quit. Oh my god! Yeah, that's awful. Yeah, so that's what yes. happened to that book. Uh, and I've sad. never forgiven people for it because that would have been really so sad. fun. Yeah. So, so give her an icon book. <laughs> uh, sure. And then N.K. Jemison's been crushing it on Far Sector. Dude, uh, she, it's, it's one so of my tight. best. It's one of my favorite books of this entire year. It's one of my so favorite company. It is so good. And she might it's read so it again. It's possible. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, so they're doing the icon book, which who is icon? And why is he claiming to be the new black Superman? I love that. I love Lisa Icon. And then you have the Static Shock book. Got to. Uh, oh, yeah. Now, in keeping with current continuity, Static has appeared in the New 52, mm-hmm. but has not been tied to any of the Milestone stuff. Right. So we're using that. He didn't get his powers in the Big Bang. He's had his powers. Mm-hmm. But now he's seeing this Big Bang thing happen in his area. Nice. And so in a world increasingly growing with super-powered people, is Static the one to lead them? 
Nice. This is the question. Is he supposed to step up to the plate and become something greater? And yeah. so you have David Walker writing that. Love. Uh, and Love you have it. Jamal Campbell drawing it because why wouldn't you? Because he's so good at everything he's he does. So good. Every single book he's ever drawn. <laughs> so, so good. Uh, so that's my milestone corner. Love um, it. Again, in continuity, yeah. creators of Hell color. Yeah. That's something that we need right now. Um, so good. And then my last two titles are a part of what I like to call Vertigo Black. Because nice. I'm sure they want to keep the Black Label as a title, which is mm-hmm. stupid. Because Black Label is just Vertigo. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Why did you Why did you sunset the name Vertigo? That's dumb. <laughs> Vertigo Comics has a long line of history. Mm-hmm. So it's Vertigo Black. That's fair. Yeah. Sounds cool. Sounds edgy. <laughs> Sounds like something a kid would drink it's at a, a bar. It's a reboot. It's a reboot. Uh, and so I only have two titles with that. Uh, uh, Hellblazer, uh, which yep. is keeping Cy Spurrier. Because I think yes. he's been doing amazing work on that and current Hellblazer book. That that book is ending. I'm I'm pretty mad. I'm pretty mad yeah. about that. Like that yeah. that sucks. That was that one. That was perfect. one of the cancellations when they announced. I was like, oh my god, you guys. That was the one that hit me the hardest. Knees. Yeah, oh, that was the one that yeah. hit me the hardest. Uh, yeah, I imagine. So yeah, it's a fantastic book. It's a fantastic book. So Cy Spurrier keeping on that, and have mm-hmm. Nicola Scott draw it. Nice. But she was you have Nicola almost... Scott draw it like she does Black Magic. Yes, that would be fantastic. That's what you get. She was almost on my list, too. Hell yeah. Nicola Scott's amazing, man. She's oh, so yeah. good. She's so good. Uh, and then the other title is Return of the Sandman. Ooh. Uh, by Simon Spurrier, again. Mm-hmm. And, Giving him uh, his own little corner. And Gleb Malenkov. Uh, I, which I, I don't know if... love his art. Oh my god, me too. He's so good. Dude, I follow, <laughs> I follow him on Twitter, and he like yeah. throws stuff up all the time. Where I'm like, why aren't you drawing more things? Yeah, he's he is so so good, and I love that he's hitched his train to like the Brian Hill train. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that he clearly likes working with Brian, and those do great. like books together and stuff. Because their Angel book was awesome. Like, I I love him. I think he's so Interesting. good. And I think he'd be really interesting for a Sandman book. And it's kind yeah. of bringing Sandman back to its original Sandman roots. That would be really so. cool. That's awesome. That's, that's my DC lineup. That's it. That is that is your DC no you. <laughs> that's exactly it. My DC no, but, no but you. But I, 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 like, I like DC's The Heroic Age. That's really, really cool. Yeah. And that's a... That's a big line, too. That is a like coming straight out the gate with all those books. So it's a big line, mm-hmm. but a lot of, again, a lot of, you know, same characters on books, you know, or in sharing yeah. books. So it's a big line with a bunch of little lines underneath it, which is what DC has been trying to do for a very long time. For sure. Um, you know, and I, I think that that is that is my dream DC lineup. Like, right. That's there. awesome. Yeah, that that's so good. And I love like I love just the amount of interconnectivity that's there. Like something yeah. that I really like is like when you do the world building and you make connections, but they don't feel like it never feels like they can't stand on their own. Like I'm yeah, just exactly. I'm just as interested in just reading like the Young Justice book as being that like black uh black ops going yeah. through stuff as I would be having them cross over with the teen tight or the Titans. Excuse exactly. Me. Um, yeah, it would be. And the same thing with like the justice league and justice society. And I love that you're having like 
multiple writers. That was something that I thought about doing was having multiple writers on multiple books or the same writer on multiple books. But I, um, I decided not to go that way. I decided to have every, every book have a different creative team. Um, I like that. That gives it a very distinct feel each book, like each title. Thank you. I, I like that. That's a good idea. But I also I made some cheats. I made some cheats, <laughs> um, just like you said you made some cheats. But my cheats are that I stole a couple people from Marvel that ah! um, may be exclusive, may not be exclusive. <laughs> we will see. There was there was a very specific person that I really wanted to steal from Marvel because I don't think he's getting used enough at Marvel. But I was like, ah, I want to keep it. I want to keep it like where. S- it is since right since I'm cheating, tell me who it is. Go for it. Uh, Matt Rosenberg. Yes, that. That may be someone who I may have stolen. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Rosenberg is like secret sauce at Marvel. Dude, and he, him and Chip Zdarsky. Like, yeah, and, and Chip Zdarsky was my second one, which Chip does well, DC stuff. Yeah, Chip's so, doing DC stuff, so you might see him on my list as well. Maybe. Hell yes. Um, hell yes. So, but I think I, those two are like the secret sauce of Marvel right now. For sure. They're so good. For sure. So like... So those two, and then there's one more that I stole that mm. I, I have an alternate for just in case we were going by that. No, it's got to be people who are available to DC. So I'll, okay. I'll cover that person when I get to them. Awesome. I am so excited to hear your list. So, <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't do quite as many, but I did, I put some time. I wanted to make sure that I did this because like, this is something that I want, I've been thinking about for a long time and yeah especially with all this stuff coming out, just like you, like this is something that I've put time into thinking about before and like getting it to actually put it, you know, pen to paper. I was really yeah. excited about doing, yeah. um, just like you, I have three different imprints, Hell uh, yeah. five books per imprint so that everything okay. is cool and nice. I like uh, that. That's very nice. Then, Keeping it at 15 is really nice and tight. I, I think that's a good I, idea, especially with how things are right now. And they seem to be, you know, reducing their line. Out, yeah. Like, you know, Jim Lee did the whole press thing with Hollywood Reporter talking about how they were looking at the bottom, like 20, so 25 percent. Yeah. Like, you that know, like that, that makes complete worried. sense. Like I and I totally ah. get that. It made me super worried about books that I don't think are selling as well as they should be, like Far Sector. Um, so at like, least that that was originally going to be a maxi series. Right. And DC has learned that when you cancel a maxi series that fans have support for, you're just going to wind up putting it out again. Omega Man. Omega Man. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, yes. uh, so yeah, I'm I, sure they'll keep that going. Like, I hope so, because they just announced that it's going to buy monthly. And that also worries me. Like what? I in in the last um in the last illicit that they put out for this most recent issue that they're oh, going to buy. Monthly. I didn't see that. Interesting. I, yeah, I don't know if that's a thing or if it was just like a misprint, but oh, like it made me very worried. Crap. Yeah. Huh. So, because they're almost done, they've got yeah, four issues. That's the thing. Like seven just came out. Yeah. Or I guess that would be uh, five, five issues. Five issues. Five issues, yeah, five issues yeah. left. So I don't know. I don't hmm. know. I'm worried, but I don't know. Hmm. But okay. My kind of goal with this, just like you have a. Um, you kind of had a directive that you wanted to look at. You wanted to look at um, the 2000s for DC. You wanted to look at the heroic age for Marvel. I kind of wanted to look at both the promise of DC Rebirth, which was taking the stuff that we like from the New 52, but summing out the stuff we don't like with the stuff Uh we like from pre-New 52. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
I also, one of my absolute favorite periods in DC Comics in recent memory uh, was that really small period from 2009 to 2010 where it was like everybody's growing up. We're starting to really see like yep. certain things like that Justice League lineup with Dick mm-hmm. running it as Batman, like is something that yep. I wish I had gotten more time with. All the stuff that touched that Batman Reborn era was so good. Because so, taking Bruce Wayne out and having everyone have to step up to different roles was such a smart choice. And then it forced every other book that those touched have to evolve and grow up, too. That was yeah. such a good that was, that was my. Fa- that's honestly my favorite period of Batman books. Because yeah. you had that going on. You had Detective Comics going on. You had Red Robin mm-hmm. going on. Those mm-hmm. I love those. So I really wanted yeah. to tell you the stuff that we've had. You know, considering all the stuff since New 52 with Rebirth, with um, the Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo era, and really kind of meld it all together while also taking advantage of death metal to kind of do some reboots, do some cuts here and there, some retcons. Yeah, bet. So bet. I have three I have three imprints um, and something that I also wanted to keep in mind is I want these to be imprints that you could as a reader go, okay, I'm looking for this. I'll look for books in this imprint. Cool. So the three imprints I have are DC universe, which is your main, your mainline DC books. Mainline. Uh, the other, the second one is, I know we just talked about us hating it, but black label, which would be the <laughs> prestige format, uh, prestige books that are bringing in like heavy hitter, creative teams to really tackle some awesome books. And then Hell my yeah. last one is uh, Young Animal because I Hell love yeah. the promise of Young Animal. And I think that it would be the book that would be all ages. And I want to make that very clear that it's all ages, not Thank YA. You. I Thank want you. it to be oh, books awesome. that yes. you can read as a kid, you can read as a teen, you can read as an adult and get um, get uh, value from all of them. And Hell if you're a new, yeah. if you're a new reader and you don't know anything about these characters or this world, this would be the line for you because it would give you a crash course on these different characters and how to do them. Um, so, I'll I'll start with Young Animal. I'm going to start with Young Animal. I have it third here, but I'm going to start with Young Animal. Um, also, thank you for making life. Young Animal the YA line because when they first announced Young Animal, my first thought was, oh, it's a YA line, and then they're like, and it's going to be the mature content stuff for yeah, you know, written by Gerard Way, and I was like, what? It's and called I'm, a young I'm, animal. That's a fun name. <laughs> yeah. And I love, like, don't get me wrong. I love Gerard Way's Doom Patrol. Uh, but I think that the promise of young animal bringing in, like, new characters, new readers to kind of give them stories that everybody can enjoy is something yeah. I want to accomplish with this. So, hell yeah. Some big waves with these, with, with a couple of these titles. So, ready. young animal, five books. By the way, we're we're basically scorched earth the current line of books right now, and it's going to be just these fifteen books. So awesome. I love it. Starting off in Young Animal, I have Action Comics because I want Action Comics to be for new readers what Action Comics was for me, which was introducing you to Superman. Hell and yes! Action Comics is written by Jean Lun Yang, with art by Nick Darrington. I think awesome. the team of them together would be really, really fun. Superman smashes the clan. I had that episode a couple weeks ago. Go check it out uh, if you have. Uh, it's a great it's, episode, and what a fantastic book! Thank you so much. It is, um, 
it is such a love letter to Superman and to everything that he represents that I think um, Jean Lun Yang as the as the writer for action comics would really sell it. And so the synopsis is this. I have a different synopsis with each, so I'm just going to go through them. Awesome. So synopsis for action comics is before he was the world's protector, he was just Clark Kent. Discover the origins of the Man of Steel as he makes his way from the quiet fields of Smallville to the bustling streets of Metropolis and finds out just how big the world can be. So it would be kind of like growing into like it would be a year one. It would be an introduction to his character. You get to follow this character from his early days. It's Smallville. Yeah, to see exactly. It's exactly that. (laughs) Um, That's awesome. Blending in the stuff that like you could really like if you look towards like uh, Superman Man of Tomorrow that's that's coming out. um, Mm -hmm. If you look at something like Superman Smashes the Clan, which is still early days for Superman. um, I really like that idea of giving new readers like, hey, you can grow up with Superman, too. So Uh, I love that. Mirroring that I have Detective Comics. So I have both of the both of the big two. Uh, DC Comics books into the Young the Animal line to make animal. them to make them your entry point. Like if you I find these books, you can then go and explore more about these characters. Um, that writing, is a big bold move. Yes, that was something that I I wanted. Just like you said with your The Justice League, I want to make it make a statement. And with Action Comics wow. and Action Comics being like the premier books for DC Comics, why not put them at your forefront for new readers? That's so, amazing. Thank you. So um, Detective Comics is written by Chip Zdarsky. Awesome. With art by uh, George Fornes. George Fornes has been doing incredible work both on Batman under Tom King as well as Chip Zdarsky with Daredevil. So I just scooped him up and put him in DC Comics. Um, Oh, God, his Daredevil stuff is so good. So good. So good. And I think for what I'm going for with Detective Comics... um, and I think that'll be that'll become kind of apparent with the rest of this line. Um, each book in Young Animal is supposed to kind of represent a different book for new readers to latch on. So action comics would be like the big bang out, like this is your action comics. This is where you go for the fun fights, the spectacle. Detective Comics is going to be very much more focused on street level, actually solving crimes. That's for the smart kids. For the smart kids, right? That's the the choose your own adventures books. Exactly. And so here's the synopsis for Detective Comics. In Gotham City, crime runs rampant. With the GCPD stretched thin and more dangerous threats to the city growing by the day, Detective Jim Gordon wages a different kind of war alongside a new ally, the Batman. So just like Action Comic, Detective Comics is early days. This is essentially, if you read Batman Year One, you could easily go straight into this book. Because this book is Jim Gordon working alongside Batman in his early days as the two of them build that relationship and try to solve the growing threat of crimes in Gotham City. This would provide debuts for characters like Harvey Dent, his fall of grace into the joke or uh, into Two-Face. This would debut the joke and this would debut all of this escalation. And that's something that I really liked about the original, the Batman animated series. That's kind of the feel I want to go with this. Where it's like it introduces you to this character who is still learning things along with you, but you get to watch as the city grows around you. And so that would be like your your 
you know, your smart, your, your smart kids book where you would go and you would try to solve these crimes with Jim and Batman. Cause I love the idea of Batman being the world's greatest detective and they don't talk about it enough. So that's it's that never, it's never, it, it's not touched on enough. Yeah. And so I really wanted to put that oh at the forefront God. of this book as a genre. Dude, book. that is such a good idea. I'm so mad that that's not a thing. Can <laughs> I ask you. you a very specific question? Yes. So a thing that I love about Fornes's art is that he's very Mazzucchelli. Um, yes. But it's also very clean. Like, it's very clean shapes, you know, bo- mm-hmm. boxy shapes, which Absolutely. lends to an all-ages format. Who right. do you have coloring that book? I would honestly bring on um, – oh, my God. Um I mean, you could go really easily with Jordi Belair. I think Jordi Belair knows how to make books look really pretty. But I also, um, and I'm blanking on the name of who was doing the colors uh, during, um, during the, uh, during Tom King's run when Fornes was on the book. Uh, I, I, Um, is that not Jordi Belair? It might be. It might be. So Jordi Belair is kind of because though those cool. issues where he was drawing that Batman book, I was like, oh, it's giving yeah. me Mazzucchelli vibes. I love the year one esque like frame because yeah. he's a smaller yeah. frame and I really like that. Hell and also yeah. it would it would take kind of inspiration from the Batman that yep. very little known cartoon that I adore. Sorry. It, hot take. Best Batman cartoon. I don't Ooh, care what anyone says. Super hot take, but I best I Batman don't cartoon. think you're wrong. I don't it's think the, wrong. it's the best redesigns for it's almost so every one of those characters. Uh, it's it's so fun. It, the first it's season, so fun. First, I would say even the first two seasons are some of the best Batman stories I've ever watched on television. Yeah. Yeah. So so uh, the choice the choice to have Batgirl first before Robin yes. is such a good idea. And mm-hmm. then what they do with Robin is perfect. And so, then the last season being a team-up season where every episode is it's Brave and the Bold up with somebody, and yeah. it's just Brave and the Bold, and it starts with the two-hour or like the hour-long Superman one, so good. Which they brought back so to good. daily four. So yeah, and and uh, and uh, Clancy Brown, right? They Didn't did. He That's also right. Voice Lex. So, yeah. yeah. So it's like yeah, oh, so th- this is really your your Batman Superman Power Hour. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> so. That is my detective comics awesome. book for our third That's book. Amazing. We have, thank you. We have Shazam. Hell uh, yeah. It's going to be written by Jeff Parker with art by Doc Shaner. Reliving the Convergence team because that was my favorite <gasps> modern Shazam book. I yes. love that team together. I love when Shaner draws Shazam. You can tell he loves yeah. that character. And I yeah. really, I had to get him on here. And this would be the... You know, I'm going to go through the synopsis first, and then I'll explain my reasoning behind this. Because I think it's something that hasn't been done before that would be really interesting. Billy Batson thought he knew all he needed to was the champion of the wizard Shazam. But now that the Rock of Eternity is beginning to grow dimmer by the day, Billy will need to learn more about the magical origins of his powers to save what powers he has left. And that means teaming up with supernatural connoisseur Zatanna on a tour through the realms of magic. Being a hero is easy. Being a wizard is much harder. That's a great take. So, yeah. So I wanted to I wanted to have Shazam in this all ages run, but I wanted to separate it from the action comics book because one big thing that people always talk about is how they're so similar. Yeah. Whatnot. But Shazam is Shazam has his roots in magic 
And I would love to see him learn about essentially how to become the next wizard because yes. And him going through these realms of magic uh, with basically it would be a team up book with him and Zatanna and the two of them learning about magic, Zatanna knowing a little bit more, learning more about the realms. It would be this cool like brother and sister dynamic where they would be learning together. And it would also feature uh, special appearances by John Constantine and Etrigan because Shainer loves him some Etrigan. Oh, who doesn't? Agreed. And so them kind of being like that magic corner would be like, oh, you like magic books? Here's your magic book. That's amazing. Thank you. I I think it would be a really cool take that I haven't seen yet. Yeah, no one goes for the magic side of Shazam. Yeah, and I think no no one goes for that. So so that is my Shazam book. Um, Number four in this line is The Flash. And The Flash is written by Matthew Rosenberg. Awesome. With art by Otto Schmidt. So I'm stealing the Hawkeye awesome. football team. Still a Hawkeye team. Um, yeah, or, baby. Or the Flash, because I, I Ooh, love Otto, Otto Schmidt on the Flash. I've seen some of like little commissions he's done for the Flash Ooh. and just the energy that he would have. Even like the brief time that the Flash showed up in the Green Arrow rebirth. Yeah. Book. Yeah. Stunning. Absolutely stunning. And Matthew Rosenberg yeah. is oh so good God. at playing with underdogs that mm-hmm. I think he would be able to do something really fun, especially with the synopsis. So the flash is more than just a title. It's a legacy. One that the newest holder of the title takes very seriously. But what happens when the history of that legacy holds the key to saving his city? Dive into the history of the flash where every moment, every victory, every defeat, everything matters. Oh, so this would essentially be a flash family book. Um, I think I would like to play fast and loose with solicits, not telling anyone who the main character of this book is. But who is it? It would end up being Wally. Yeah. Um, it would end up being Wally, but that wouldn't be revealed until the very last page of the first issue. Awesome. Kind of the same way where in Hawkeye Freefall, spoiler for issue two, um, they yeah. reveal that he that Hawkeye yeah. is wrote. He is Ronan. And I would love to play with that idea of like, oh, yeah, you know, everyone thinks, oh, that's totally like you would have different people in the city who would know that, oh, it's 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 the Flash. It's always been the same guy the whole time. And you would have different members (sighs) of the Flash family, the superhero community being like, oh, yeah, it's Barry. It's Barry. Barry's always been around. And so at the end of that issue, you find out it's Wally. And somehow Barry is missing. Barry is missing. We don't know where he's gone and he has to go through the history of the flash. We would have the flash museum play a prime role where the flash museum would carry clues as to where thereabouts oh, might be. Awesome. Um, this would feature This would feature appearances from uh, Jay Garrick, my favorite flash. Um, Hell yeah. Appearances from Bart Allen. And so it would be a history book. This would be, oh if you want to look at a legacy title, this is your legacy title of Wally West having to step up into the role of the Flash and be wow. who he has always been this whole time. So, oh my God, I'm literally tearing up, dude. I I, I love the oh my God. Of the Flash, and that is something that I think he does better than anybody. In yes, that, in that respect. Yes, so absolutely. That would be your legacy book, your family book. <sighs> I love uh, that. Thank you. And then oh, my final my book, <laughs> my final book for new readers would be The Brave and the Bold. 
Um, but it would be Hell a different take yeah. on the Brave and the Bold. So um, this would be written by Kelly Thompson with art by awesome. Bono Caselli. I would be awesome. pulling the West Coast Avengers team West from Coast 2019 Avengers because I yeah. loved that book so much. And it was a crime that it ended so early. So I'm bringing them back um, for something that would be similar, but um, a little bit different. So uh, the synopsis oh is God. thus. Ted Cord has a destiny. He just doesn't know it yet. But when time-traveling hero Booster Gold comes crash-landing into his life, Ted will take a step towards that destiny, for better or worse. So ah! this would be Ted Cord either before he decides to become Blue Beetle or in the opening stages of him being Blue Beetle. You know, we're talking pre-Justice uh, League Incorporated. We're talking pre-Blue uh, and Gold. But Booster shows up in his life. He's like, I need you. We need to go stop the worst, um, the the thing that has ruined time. There is something that has broken time. You're the only person I trust. And Ted's like, awesome. I don't know you, but okay. And the two of them would go That's off, awesome. and it would. This would be your time travel book, time That's traveling awesome. adventure, um, and it would, you know, of course, it would crescendo eventually into finding out that Booster the entire time has been trying to fix the timeline so that he could save Ted. Um, but every edit that they oh made God. would be the two of them trying to, and Booster would keep this from Ted for the most part. Um, I don't know if Ted would eventually find out near the end of the book or whether it would just be oblivious to him the whole time. But um, this would, as they went throughout this book, it would accrue a team, a little ragtag group of individuals um, that would essentially, this would be very similar to DC's Legends of Tomorrow but done with characters that I think would bring a really interesting dynamic. So the team, once it was all completely assembled, would be Booster Gold, Ted Cord Blue Beetle, Green Lantern Guy Gardner. Hell yeah. Ambi or, um, sorry, Dr. Light, the, uh, the lady Dr. Light. Oh, cool. Yeah. Emiko, right? Yes, I think so. Yeah. And awesome. uh, Mr. Miracle and Big Barda. Awesome. So it would be essentially a Justice League International, Justice League International. Um, <laughs> yeah. redux, but they would all be plucked from different points in their history. So they, some of them would know, some of them wouldn't know. Um, it would just, I think you could play around a lot with that. At plucking wow. points. I think it'd be really interesting to have them going through different points of the DC universe history. They could check out the crises from different perspectives, um, all kinds of different stuff. So I would, I would really like that idea. I, I also like that you very easily have a connection there for it. The title is brave and the bold and yes. the two mains would be booster and blue and Ted, yeah. uh, which one of them is already brave. And one of them is already bold. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Cause originally Ted... it was going to be blue and gold, but then I was like, what am I doing? It's the no. brave of the bold. Like Ted is already brave and Booster is bold. And maybe yeah. during the course of that book, Ted learns to be bold and, and Booster, Booster learns, learns to, to be brave. Yeah. And that's because so whole, beautiful. Yeah. Because the, oh the whole God. crux would be Booster not willing to let go of the fact that he he's not ready. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's um, so good. Yeah, and of course, you know, with fixed, and I would be, spo and I'm spoiling wow. the ending of this book just because I, I love the idea of this book so much. Um, basically, the last, uh, it, of course, eventually Ted would have to go back after maybe finding out, maybe not. But um, Booster would, you would find out that Booster is basically showing up, you know, 
all of this happened and Booster left directly from Ted's funeral to go do this. And uh, Booster uh, shows back up to present day where Booster, where Ted is dead. And it's this moment where he's just kind of sitting in this room. Because one of the things that I love about Heroes in Crisis was getting Ted and Booster back together. Just the two yeah. of them being together, doing stuff. And the image of the two of them in the apartment. Just mm-hmm. like snacking on pizza. Sitting on the couch, yeah. Again, Clayman doing the Lord's work. Clayman. Um, it would just... it would, it was him just, you know, booster sitting in there and this ending would be, I, I would, I love this. I love this ending where booster is just kind of sitting in this apartment, which would be the main kind of at every single point in time, that apartment for some reason is always vacated. And so every time period they'd go to, whenever they'd recruit the next person, they'd go to that apartment for whatever reason, because that would be their like main hub point. And, um, when you get to that point, you find out that this eventually did become Ted's apartment and Booster is sitting in Ted's apartment and he's just like trying to figure out what he's going to do. Um, and you find out that him sitting in the apartment, he gets the idea to go back and save Ted. So he gets up and he runs out the door to start this book over. And then the next shot is Justice League Incorporated era boost, Booster and Ted bursting through the door like okay what did we miss what are we doing teasing that there would be more adventures for them to come so I the, it would be I built on that. that relationship because I love it's one of my favorite duos in all of comics I, uh, I love that I love that so much so that would that would be Young Animal that would be the wow. new readers uh, for for if you want bombastic action sequences, you've got action comics. If you want detective stories, you've got detective comics. If you want magic, you've got Shazam. If you want stories about legacy, superhero the history, you've got the Flash. Stories, you've got the Flash. And if you want time travel wackiness, you've got Brave and the Bold. Oh, so, my God. I hate you because <laughs> that five is already better than my entire list. <laughs> no, don't even lie. I'm, I'm no, so mad not. that those aren't books. I'm so I, mad. I really wanted to come out swinging with this. So that would be oh uh, Young God. Animal. Then oh. we have uh, DC Universe. So DC Universe is your main line DC oh, yeah. books. And again, five books, five heavy hitters that I think uh, need to be part of a DC main line, regardless of what era you're in. So first Real off. Real quick. Yes. Real quick. How often do your books ship? So those, I would say you could... Looking at the teams, because I want to make sure this is, you know, something that all the teams could do. You could probably do bi-monthly or uh, bi-weekly. Bi-weekly. I think okay. doing them bi-weekly would be fun. Um, but yeah, so those would probably be bi-weekly. Um, cool. I would probably do DC Universe, the mainline monthly, and then do okay. Black Label bi-monthly. Cool. Okay. So just cool. to give every everyone their like kind that. of time to shine. I so, like that. I like that a lot. Thank you. So mainline DC universe, um, kicking it off with justice league. Hell yeah. Uh, written by Tom Taylor, our boy, Tom Hell Taylor yeah. art by David Marquez. Oh, I, I, oh my, that was almost my team. Yeah. It was almost there. <laughs> <laughs> so the two of them would be, uh, just helming this brand new, uh, justice league team, which has familiar faces and some new ones. So here's the synopsis for that. Oh, yeah. Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, Green Lantern, pillars of the DC universe, 
And through the eyes of Roy Harper and Coriander of Tamaran, the world's greatest heroes. But when one of their own is turned against the League, they'll need all the help they can get to save not just the world, but themselves. So that would be the main team, would be your your classic five that are always in a Justice League book for whatever reason. But bringing Mm -hmm. in Roy Harper and Coriander as Arsenal and Starfire. Because I think those two are not just characters that you could do a lot with, but characters that you kind of they've lost. They've been lost in the sauce, so to speak. They don't Uh they don't feel as premier as they could. And Uh this would be one of the many retcons coming out of DC uh, Death Metal, where essentially Heroes of Crisis didn't happen because I like that book. But there are a lot of problems with that book. So one of them being that they killed off Roy Harper. Yes. Um, Another one being that uh, Ted Cord is Blue Beetle. Listen, I, I love that they were doing that, but like that came out of nowhere. That exactly. He's just around and is Blue Beetle and has always and been Blue it, Beetle. And then it doesn't really work with the Blue Beetle Rebirth title that was already going, as well as the Tom Taylor Suicide no. Squad. Neither of those. They're yeah, like it, different Ted Cords. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the book um, we need. Three, three chords. <laughs> three Beatles. Batman, three chords. <laughs> Oh, God. Which one? Which one crippled <laughs> Barbara Gordon? Which one killed Jason <laughs> which one Todd? Jason and Todd. which one? Which one? Is which one has the laughing fish? Yes. Which one has the laughing fish? So, the, so that would be my pitch. Um, essentially, what would happen? Awesome. Would be, it would be your classic DC um, animated universe Justice League with Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. Um, Wally West is the Flash. Still trying to figure things out. John Stewart as is it John as cool, but with but missing missing Hawkgirl. She wouldn't be on this. Um, and Martian Manhunter. And in the very first issue, Martian Manhunter for some reason is put against the league. And that is your first arc: is the cool. league versus Martian Manhunter because Martian Manhunter on any given day could take down that entire Justice League on his own. Yes. So I want to see how yes. that would happen. And at the yes. end of that, you would find out that he would be um, he would have been under the influence of Maxwell Lord, who cool. for some reason has returned from the dead. And cool. um, it's basically who can you trust in this story? Because anyone awesome. could be taken over. Awesome. Uh, so, so that That's is your good. premier Justice League book. Now we go to uh, Superman. Superman main title. So there's two Superman books and two Batman books, essentially. Hell yeah. Um, that's the way to do it. I, that's what I think, too. So Superman is written by Mark Wade. Yes. With art, with art by Chris Samney. I, yes. I have been re. I just finished rereading through the entire Mark Wade, Chris Samney Daredevil run. And it's it's my favorite Daredevil run of all time. I totally um, get that. Chip Zdarsky's run is very up there for me with how great it's been. Uh, but this is, it's my favorite. And they did a lot to rehab that character post, mm-hmm. um, post everything. Shadowland. Everything that Bendis did to him. Um, Bendis wow. did some good things. Bendis did some good things. I will admit Ooh, that. But boy. Um, there were some Shadowland shenanigans that happened. And that's kind of uh, like what Mark Wade and Chris Samney are there for. They did the same thing for Cap, post-Secret Empire. Yep. Uh, let's rehab this character. cleanup crew. So yeah. um, Mark Wade and Chris Samney would be coming onto this character to give you just classic Superman fun. Um, but with a twist. So the synopsis is as thus. Superman, man of tomorrow. Or is he? 
As a man with one foot in the past and one foot in the future, Clark Kent must grapple with the idea that progress may be leaving behind the Man of Steel and answer the question, does the world need a Superman anymore? Mm. So one thing that everyone hears all the time, why does Superman matter? Why is Superman relevant? Why should we Superman. Um, this would also be another retcon with the um, post death metal where John Kent would be aged back to the age that he should be. <laughs> um, we're talking Super Sun's age. We're talking uh, Tomasi Gleason. And I want to get that um, that spirit that that book had without just rehashing the creative team. And I think Mark Wade and Chris Samney could do that. Uh, this would be tackling the idea, you know, Superman would essentially be going through what any dad goes through at any at a certain point in time, a midlife crisis where he comes back and he sees how Metropolis is starting. To, we're getting more superheroes. Metropolis yeah. is even starting to see the rise of some heroes like the Guardian um, who would play yes. a role in this book. Yes. Uh, and starts to answer the question like, am I allowed to step back and just focus on my family now? And so he now also has to deal with Jonathan Kent, who would not be just making an appearance in this book. Spoilers for later. Um, so, yeah. So that would be the Superman book where he is kind of dealing awesome. with adulthood, dealing with remembering how things were when he was a youngster, which would provide some, you know, maybe some crossover here and there with the Action Comics book. With Action Comics. Uh, nice. And kind of dealing with the effects of that. So I this like would be that a lot. Nice where he knows what's going on, but he's starting to feel a little old. So <laughs> that is, I like story. that a lot. Next up, we have a book. It's, it's probably the most exciting book. The book that I'm the most excited about for this line, which is Batman and Robins plural. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Birds See, of now, feather. We are. <laughs> yes. That's ex- and I, ex- when you said that, I was like, Oh boy, I love that. Um, this is another one of my cheats because I am bringing in Tanahisi Coates to write that oh. uh, with art by oh. Matteo Scalera. So, oh. <laughs> this is my Batman book, okay? Oh, baby! Uh, and I, I really, I just wanted, I just want to tell you the synopsis because I was giddy writing this. Tim Drake is missing. After a mission gone wrong on the other side of the world, Batman must put his trust in two unlikely allies to rescue the person who brought him back from the brink. Joining him on this globe-hopping journey beyond Gotham will be a Robin finding his wings, Duke Thomas, and a Robin looking for redemption, Stephanie Brown. So, So it would be Batman, Duke Thomas, and Stephanie Brown on yes. a Batman universe style globe hopping journey trying to find out what happened to, to Tim Drake. Oh and the crux God. of this is that Tim Drake was investigating the disappearance of one of Batman's old teachers, but he doesn't know which one. So these three would be going around the world on the going path, back on the Batman tour on the path that Bruce Wayne took <laughs> each of them learning about this and trying to figure out and pick up the trail for Tim Drake to um, Stephanie such Brown, a good idea right I, I love this was I oh my God. like I said I was giddy coming up with this because Stephanie Brown has that tie to um to bet to Batman and Tim Drake I think mm-hmm. Duke has been criminally underused mm-hmm. and yes coming the robins to fill the role of one robin 
Tim Drake would be oh an interesting uh, examination on how important Tim Drake was to Batman's life. Because also, Tim what Drake a is the most important love triangle. Oh, that would be really interesting, too. I didn't. That's a good love triangle. Yeah, it would be interesting because they, you know, Duke Thomas and Stephanie Brown don't really know each other, but they would get to know yeah. each other along the way. Yeah. Uh, and there, really there's good. a moment in Are You Keeping Up With DC or uh, DC's Hope at World's End? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The moment that Stephanie Brown shows back up in the Robin costume is yep. one of my favorite moments. In that I had chills that that entire I mean, issue. I, I had, had chills. Yeah, the the moment where she hugs Damien, she's like, oh "It's okay, you have a mask on, you can cry." I cried. Oh I my cried. god! And I having yeah. those kind of feels, that kind of energy would be incredible in this book. And Ta-Nehisi Coates, um, I think, what a good Coates. pick! Thank you. That was like, because oh, it was. It, and if we were sticking with like it has to be writers that could do DC, it would have been Brian Hill, because I think he Hell was yeah. a great voice for those characters. Um, he's the only person who's interested in telling Duke Thomas stories. Exactly, so, he's the only one right yeah. now. And I want Duke Thomas to be as to be as prominent as it was promised that he was going to be. Um, Thank with you, Robin, and everything. Thank so you. that is, I love that character, oh, and I think he deserves his God. time. God. Because Duke Thomas is also someone who brought, who came to Batman at a really tough time in his life. So Duke, having Duke is very much like Tim and should yes. be very much like Tim. And I and think didn't get that chance. Yeah. And examining how each of them, all three of those Robins came to Batman at his lowest points, I think would be a great examination on how important the Robin role is. So that oh is kind of my thesis with the Batman and Robins. I am title. dripping wet right now. I, <laughs> <laughs> I am. And it's not, I am soaked. And it's. It, it, I mean, part of that is definitely because it's so friggin' hot right now. Tucson. It is, it is hot. <laughs> <laughs> so my fourth book in the main DC universe line would be Wonder Woman. Uh, Wonder Woman, written by Kelly Sue DeConnick, nice. with art by Joel Jones. Nice. Uh, I almost kept the team of Mariko Tamaki and Mikel Janine on this, but I wanted just kind of an all-star female team on this. I like the idea of all-star, like two women creators. That's yes. awesome. Joelle Jones, That's I've awesome. been in love with her and her writing for a long time. And Kelly yeah. Sue DeConnick, you give her the Captain Marvel treatment. Uh, Kelly, yeah. Kelly Sue DeConnick was instrumental in in making that transition from Miss Marvel to uh, Captain Marvel. Yeah. And while we don't necessarily need that, um, that transition for Wonder Woman, cause she's already so huge. Um, she would be very important for the type of story that I'm trying to write here. So this is the synopsis for that. Diana of Themyscira has lived many lives and now they're all coming back to haunt her. Dealing with the resurfacing of memories spanning the entire history of the DC universe, Diana must face her past and decide her future. So I like the idea that the movies have put out where Diana has been there the whole time. Me too. Uh, I like the idea because you can take um, you can take certain eras of Wonder Woman stories and just like what Grant Morrison was trying to do with Batman, make all of them matter. Huh? All of these stories happened in some form or fashion. Yeah. And I would be essentially giving Wonder Woman the Wolverine treatment where yes. she has lived so many lives and lived so long. And now she's starting to figure out who she is. Yes. Uh, this would involve, you know, flashbacks to different wars. This would involve the incredible spy era of the 60s and 70s. Hell yeah. Get which, that white suit. Get yes. That white that's exactly suit. what it would be. Yeah. Uh, it would deal with 
how Diana would essentially have to deal with who am I supposed to be now that I remember all of these different lives I've lived. And alongside her on this journey would be someone who knows all about that with Donna Troy. Awesome. The perennial retcon, the solo <laughs> retcon in the DC universe who doesn't even know yes. what her backstory is. Yes. So that would be my, uh, my wonder. Uh, that's, that's great. Thank you. It's it's something that I think would be fun. You could still retain the superhero aspects of her, like you said, for your for something that we've really liked about the two issues of yeah. the current Wonder Woman run, but also dipping into different things about her. We could delve into some of the God stuff, which I know a lot of people say is overplayed at this point. I like it, but I um, still like it. I just it's yeah. just become a crutch. Like, yeah. That, and I think that living these different lives, both as heroes and as, you know, all these different Diana Prince, Diana, whoever um, would be really oh interesting to play and bring out these characters who are like, Hey, I know you. And she's like, great from where? And that's that, super cool. It would be cool. I think. And it would provide a really cool crossover with a book from my black label line. So stay oh. um, <laughs> and then the final book in, uh, in the main DC universe line would be teen Titans. Awesome. Uh, this would be written by G Willow Wilson Awesome. I love her voice for young characters. Yeah. And the artist would be uh, Gabriel Piccolo. I, of course, love his art. And he knows how to draw Teen Titans. And I think the characters in this lineup would be really fun for him to draw. So here is my pitch West Coast, Best Coast. DC's premier team of teenage heroes makes their mark in Los Angeles, featuring the team of Damian Wayne. John Kent, Avery Ho, Calderam, Harper Rowe, Emiko Queen, and Courtney Whitmore. So this would hey! be this would be your Teen Titans team, and I wanted Yo. a team that could stack up against my Justice League if ever we have those kind of crossovers. That's a that's a meaty team. I I really wanted to get teams for you know characters from different backgrounds. I wanted a speedster, and I think Avery Ho is a great character that doesn't get enough play. I would um, agree. As the Chinese Flash, I if if I had my way, the the Justice League of China would be popping up in every single book in this line. But hell yes, if I had to pick one, and it wasn't Keenan Kong. It would have to be Avery Ho. So she yeah. gets to be there. Um, I have the same thoughts as you on Calderam. I want him to be just Calderam. Yep. Um, Emiko Queen, I really wanted to bring in as well. I think she's been awesome used character. okay on the current uh, on the current Teen Titans book, but this would be mm. a little bit closer to uh, Rebirth. Yeah. Emiko Queen from the Green Arrow. Yeah, the, so. the Green Arrow stuff that Ben yeah. Percy did with her was so good. Like, exactly. So incredibly good. And I yeah. love me some Courtney Whitmore Stargirl. So Hell yeah. Especially with her her stock kind of raised up. So that is your main line DC universe book. That's this is where you go. Team. Thank you. This is where you go after getting invested in the young animal books. This is your main line. And then we progress into Black Label. Black Label is your prestige. This is like my premier league. This is like the awesome. heavy hitters where stuff goes down. Cool. Uh, I like that you have a like that. That is the purpose for Black Label. Yeah, that is... that justifies that being its own thing. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, I would say that these would still be in continuity with everything. Everything is in continuity with each other. Um, cool. But you are given a little bit more room to play with these books than you would with the other books. Cool. But there would be influences, as you'll see in a couple of these um, 
a couple of these a couple of these solicitations yes so first book right out the gate suicide squad i know Ooh. i recognize that secret six is a much better team especially when you look at um oh what was it uh salvation run but yeah. um uh-huh. i really like suicide squad and i think this team would really knock it out of the park uh written by scott snyder with okay. art by Raphael albuquerque okay. i have been slowly getting into american vampire and i really Ooh, freaking enjoy it it's been so it's good so very far. good. Um, and I you think got they, in at the right time since they just yes. announced that it's coming back for its last one. Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. It's been so good. And I think this team would be really interesting in the scope of Suicide Squad. Yeah, uh, I can see that. And the synopsis is thus. Harley Quinn, Deadshot, and Captain Boomerang. You know the names, you know the mission. But when the newest member of the squad is brought in under mysterious circumstances, all eyes will be on Oliver Queen. <laughs> so green arrow is brought in to be Super essentially Max. yes yes <laughs> that would be an arc that would that would be an arc um i have always been in love with the green arrow supermax idea but me too bringing in oliver queen to the suicide squad would be really interesting because it's in a place unfamiliar to him which is so far and few between for green arrow now since essentially he's done everything yeah exactly um, but I think, you know, and, and we don't explore. I don't even know what the purpose would be of him being brought into the Suicide Squad. But it would be like some big reveal down the line. Well, it'd be a league mole. Probably. I mean, obviously, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Or it could be that he's, you know, maybe he's in hiding from the league for some reason. Mm, I don't know. It maybe would, he killed somebody. Maybe. Because uh, I, I loved how the Green, Green Arrow Rebirth run ended. And I yeah. thought me like having it end with him opening the box and it there'd be nothing in there and there being nothing in it oh, i boy. was heartbreaking and i thought that this is there is a reckoning to be made yeah and yes. then fucking they just brought him back in event leviathan and that bothered me bothered the shit out of me i but, i totally get that i loved him in event leviathan but it drives me crazy every time i think about it yeah, it's like oh so, but there was a very specific ending to that character yes <laughs> and you showed that you don't care about anything that happened in rebirth which is just emblematic of your treatment of rebirth right michael Bendis. Yes. but um <laughs> i don't i need to preface this i don't hate ryan michael bendis i need to make that very clear because i give him a lot of shit but I, I do enjoy him. I think Legion of Superheroes has been really fun so far. Um, and that's it. So uh, moving on <laughs> to, uh, to the next book, which would be Green Lantern Corps. Cool. And this would be essentially the next step for N.K. Jemison and Jamal Campbell. They would awesome. be moving from Far Sector into the mainline Green Lantern book. Awesome. And yes. they would not be the only people moving from that book into the mainline Green Lantern book. So, awesome. synopsis yes. is thus. Rookie Lantern Joe Moline returns from her assignment in the farthest reaches of the universe to find Oa in shambles. The core is missing, and the only person who may know what happened is Sinestro. So, Jumeline would be upgraded to the main Green Lantern in this story. Hell yeah. And she has no prior connection to the Green Lantern Corps. She doesn't know their politics. She doesn't know. They've made it very clear in Far Sector that she is so far removed from the main core that something might be amiss with that. Um, Yeah. So her returning from assignment post 
far sector and finding this Ooh. guy who she's maybe heard of once or twice, but doesn't know really much about and right. lean on him to find the rest of the core, I think would be really interesting. You have That's this awesome. Yeah. You have this almost, um, training day esque yeah. dynamic between the two of them where Sinestro has done this before he used to be a green lantern and somehow he holds the key to restoring the core. So yeah. I think, I think Joe Moline deserves to be the mainline green lantern. I think it's, yeah, I think she's got a big future ahead of her and I really, yeah. I, I hope nothing but the best for her. So again, be best character design. So good. Ever. So ever. good. It's my, it might be the green best character design, design ever. It's my yeah. favorite Green Lantern design, and that is for someone who loves each and every one of Kyle Rayner's dumb costumes. <laughs> I love them all equally, but... What's your favorite dumb Kyle Rayner costume? Um, is it the I, 90s one? The 90s one is not dumb. No, it is. <laughs> um, but, it's not, but it's not the worst. I'm, I, <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Um, uh, I love his Omega Men uh, his Omega Lantern costume oh, cool. yeah. is probably one of my favorites. But I also, for I really love how dumb his Ion costume is. It's, I'm an Ion guy. It's so I, dumb. I love. But when he had the power of Ion, it felt like he was a big player. It and he felt does like not they feel knew like what they were doing with Kyle Rayner. Exactly. For the first time in like that character's existence, they knew what they were doing with him. They're and like, like oh. they made him live up to being the torchbearer. Yes, like finally, which was awesome. Yeah. And having and the like entity in his chest was so mm-hmm. cool. Like, <laughs> essentially, that's what this would be for a new generation. Joe Moline would yeah, become the exactly. new torchbearer. And awesome. that's yeah, I love her. That's so much. awesome. I love her. Oh, so that would be cool. that book. And this book, this next book ties into one of the mainline books. And this is Birds of Prey. Uh, written by Gail Simone, art by Fiona Staples. I think this is. <laughs> I love Fiona Staples, man. I almost Staples. did Fiona Staples for the Birds of Prey book. Fiona I Staples almost did. Is a hell of an artist. I yeah. love her so much, um, and I think this team would be really cool. Um, this would be tying in, of course, to the Batman and Robins book with thus. With Batman missing from Gotham, uh, there it is. Defending the most dangerous city in the world is left to Helena Bertinelli, Dinah Lance, and Cassandra Kane. Awesome. When Barbara Gordon is put out of commission by a mysterious new threat, Cassandra will have to take a Batgirl crash course to stand with Huntress and Black Canary against the forces of Gotham's revitalized underworld. So, I know yes. that you, you know, the... The disconnect between the Birds of Prey movie and the comic is real for you. I think this would be good for people who enjoyed that movie to be like, okay, I recognize these names, but the Cassandra Kane is a million times better than the Cassandra Kane in the movie. I've made my position <laughs> on that clear. I've made it very clear. I um, love that movie so much. I but do too. I feel you. I really, I really, really enjoy that movie, but that is. But that's not, not Cassandra Kane. That was Harper Rowe. Anyway, or Stephanie Brown. <laughs> Who knows? Or Stephanie Brown. Anyway. Um, but yeah, this would be you know bringing back Cassandra awesome. Kane as the new Batgirl. Um, yes. Giving her kind of the upgrade from orphan into that role because I love her as Batgirl. Uh, the next book is Black Lightning. Um, yes. And I want you to know that this is all your fault. Uh, because you were the person who told me to go check out the CW Black Lightning show, mm-hmm. and I fell in love with that character. That it's world. the best show that CW has. It, it's right the best show in it's, that the CW is doing right now. Check out it's our the best show. 
our Arrowverse Power Rankings episode that I did, where yep. it is clearly at the top. It's clearly uh, at the top, and it should be. It should best be. One. So this is my team for this. This is John Ridley uh, writing yes. the book, who uh, yes. is going to be doing other history of the DC Universe, as well as a Batman mini, apparently. Finally! Other Finally. history of the DC Universe! We've been waiting for years. Uh, I can't wait. Oh. I can't wait. But this this would be his flagship title. This would be a big uh, a big book to kind Hell of hang yes. your cap on with art by Tom Riley, uh, which might awesome. be an odd choice. But I love Tom Riley's no. art. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and this is I will be honest with you. Um, and this might be a little bit more clear after I tell the synopsis. Uh, Tom Riley was specifically chosen for this book because of a picture that he posted up on Twitter, I think, like a week ago that he some okay. art that he did. And it will become clear okay. which artwork that was by the end of this synopsis. Jefferson Davis thought his life of crime fighting was behind him. After being forced into retirement and settling down to raise a family, Jefferson never expected to be called upon again. But when an experiment goes wrong and rips a hole in reality, Jefferson comes face to face with a hero stranded far from home and in need of guidance. Static shock. Yes. So awesome. This is my this is my pitch, and it might be a little out there, might be a little weird, but um, this will be pulling a lot of elements from the Black Lightning show because I love it so much. Um, Jefferson Davis, uh, and this will also be pulling some elements from Blue Marvel as well, um, awesome. who's a character that I I really enjoy, and I don't think gets enough play either. Agreed. Um, Black Lightning used to be a vigilante um, known just as Lightning in his in his town. And uh, when it was discovered that he was black, um, it was a whole thing. The uh, mm -hmm. he was basically forced into retirement. And so he's been retired ever since. And so this is going to be, you know, mid 40s Black Lightning awesome. and how Best you era. referenced it in your in your milestone books. Um, the big the big bang would happen because of an accident in a warehouse downtown. But instead of it giving people powers, it would rip open a hole in reality to the Love milestone it. universe. Love it kept in a bubble as they are, and Static Shock would find himself stranded into the Spider-Verse style. Where he would be in a world now where it's like, wait a second, no, where I come from, all of the superheroes are black. Like, the best ones are black. Yeah. Are, what's going on here? Like, what I are you doing? That. Oh, my and God. And so um, Black Lightning would have to not only try and find Static a way back home, but also retake his mantle becoming Black Lightning. Mm -hmm. And learning how to live in his own skin through static shock. And I think Virgil Hawkins just, it would be the animated series costume because I love it so much. It's so, it's so good. Um, Which version? I, the first one the first or the second one? one? The first uh, one. I'm more second one. Oh, the second one's a, a better design. That is cool. one's a better design. The second one's a better design. <laughs> but that first design is so iconic. Um, oh, yeah. And this was the uh, this was the commission that Tom Riley did that I was like, I need him. I need him. Drawing That's awesome. Me. That's uh, awesome. And basically, what would happen uh, is every every issue, it would kind of be your you know uh, freak of the week deal, where it's like the Big Bang would rip open a new hole in reality, very similar to uh, Flash season two, yeah. which is one of the best seasons of that show uh, uh, yeah. where a new character would come out from the milestone universe and it would slowly be populating this city. And so I, That's I awesome. just, I think, I think it would be a cool, a cool thing. That's awesome. So that is my pitch for that. That is so good. <laughs> and I, and I love the team up of black lightning and static shock. Like that's the thing. That that's such a perfect team up. 
Right. They don't get enough play together. And I think it'd be a really cool, um, it would be a really cool, like I said, into the Spider-Verse connection as well with the two of them trying to, two of them learning from each other. That is very much what it would be. That's perfect. And my final book in DC Black Label is Justice Society of America. Interesting. Written by Tom King, art by Mitch Jarrods. Cool. This would be a premier um, 12 issue maxi series prestige. Synopsis is Tom King, Mitch Jarrods, the JSA, World War II. That's it. That's the tweet. Awesome. And I I just think it would be so interesting to put them together for a team like this. Yeah. uh, With Jay Garrick, Alan Scott, Ted Grant, everyone else in that group. Awesome. Um, You could play with, you know, Alan Scott, as we see in the new or in the uh, Green Lantern 80th anniversary, being a closeted gay man. I think that's something that is so cool. I think that is such a great change for that character. It's so interesting. And bringing that into that World War II setting, again, I'm a sucker for World War II. Uh, this would also provide a crossover between this and the Wonder Woman book because she would pop up here as well. Uh-huh. Um, and might even provide a little bit of play into the Birds of Prey book, too, because this would be uh, Dinah Drake along cool. with Ted Grant, who does end up training Dinah Lance. So Hell that yeah. would be my, my black label line. So those are my three imprints, DC Universe, label, Young Animal, each for a different tier of investment. Oh, um, my God. That's black so good. Your big premiere prestige, like deep cut books for the comic readers. And then, yeah, just um, DC Universe, so your good. main line, and Young Animal bringing in new readers. So that is so good. I I hate you. I'm so mad. <laughs> I'm so mad. You knew you knew too because beforehand you're like, oh, I'll let you go first because you're just probably gonna be better. No. I'll come in and clean up. And then you just mopped me. No, mopped not me. even, not even. Oh my god. Tenaisi coats on Batman. <laughs> it's, it's a match made in heaven. It's the same oh feeling god. I got when they announced he would be writing for Captain America. I just wish yeah. that book artist but um i oh i know i know did, did you read this week's sidebar i haven't i haven't yet it's like a different artist again oh my god <laughs> like i really like what's happening Same. but it's a different artist like every issue if they had just so stuck frustrating with, they just stuck with lineal francis hugh and i get it he has a tough time with deadlines go with adam kubert they had kubert on there yeah they had the rotation between the two and i think that was totally fine just keep the rotation between the two but yeah, so um, but yeah, Ta-Nehisi Coates writing Batman, I think, would be a huge coup. Um, I think it would. I don't know, and and I love your books. Like, it's not like a like oh I, I was impressed with every single choice you made. I was like, dude, this mm. is. And you got some characters that are some creative, uh, some creatives that I didn't have or I wasn't able to put on my list. Um, which I guess segues us nicely into, are there any creative teams or uh, creators that you would have liked to have that you just couldn't find a place for? So I I thought about uh, Matt Rosenberg and Chip Zdarsky. Um, Specifically Matt Rosenberg. Like I said, I think he's underserved at Marvel. He's he does such a great job on literally every book that he does at Marvel. Um, and I and I love that he like 
personally just loves doing like the smaller stuff you know like he's the one who's like no like i'll do a multiple man book like that's the only one i'm interested in you know <laughs> like like i i love that but i i think that at dc he could flourish right now Absolutely. i think they need i think they need they a need rosenberg superstars. kind of talent yeah. yeah they need superstars and he is he is a superstar um that said i also want to keep him at marvel because he's the only person who seems to be interested in writing clint barton like clint barton and not hawk guy so or uh, uh or uh, Bucky Barnes, Tales of uh, yes, one of yes. my favorite books. Yes, my that book was books. so perfect. Oh man, so, so good. good. Um, and then yeah, Chip Zdarsky is just so, he he's so good at Marvel right now. Like I didn't want to take him away. Yeah, that's fair. That's absolutely <laughs> fair. And I knew that it was it was going to be a little bit of uh, a tough sell pulling him from Marvel, but I man. think putting him in Detective Comics would be a big enough statement, like deserving of his. Because he's a yeah. superstar too. He's a big he's a superstar. Hell yeah! Like, and I think that like pulling in those people, any artist—that's such that a good pick. Yeah, um, Howard Porter is. Yes, Howard uh, Porter is fantastic. An amazing DC art. Do you know the story about why his art looks different now? No. Okay, so really interesting story. So Howard Porter, uh, he's been working at DC for years. Since, like, late 90s, early 2000s. And okay. he did, like, Jeff Johns' Flash Run, right? Mm-hmm. If you look at his art there and you look at his art now, it's entirely different. Very different. So in 2009, he had, like, a... Uh, it was either a stroke or he was in a car accident. Oh, and he lost the use of his main drawing hand and had to teach himself how to draw with his left hand. Oh, my God. I had no idea. Is that not fascinating? Holy shit. Dude, How and what fascinating a, what is a that? huge comeback, too. What a huge because comeback. Because he is a great artist right now. He's fantastic. And I, I loved his stuff then, and I love his stuff now. I think yeah. he's so unbelievably good. And I, I wish that I had had a place. He was the top of my list of, like, oh, people I want to get in there. And yeah. I just couldn't figure out where I wanted to put him. Because oh, I wanted man. him on something really other than Flash. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I love his Flash stuff, but I think he would be yeah. so interesting on something else. Yeah, um, for sure. So him and uh, Emmanuel Lupacino, uh, who I, I also name. think is amazing. She's she's. Uh, I got to be honest. I mostly know her stuff from like covers now because I never really see her doing like interiors. Okay. The last interior she did was uh, the Black Label Birds of Prey book, not Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey, but just Birds of Prey that was like written oh, by Azzarello. It was like the one shot that was like a ninety-six page one shot. She okay. did the art on that, and it's super clean art, like very super heroic. Uh, draws beautiful and like it's awesome. Um, so yeah, I I love her stuff for DC stuff. I think she'd be really incredible. Um, and I just couldn't find the place for her, which really bummed me out. Um, the other people who are on my list, I actually found places for them like at the end, which is nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I had the hardest time though, uh, thinking of more women and more creators of color, which is a real shame. I yeah, uh, I had a tough time with that as well, and it's that was it's a shame. real bummer for me. <laughs> like, same a real bummer. I was like, I don't want to just keep putting NK Jemins Jemison as stuff because I love right, I love her exactly. But she can't yeah. be writing four books. Exactly. Uh, I wound up taking out G Willow Wilson for somebody. I don't remember That's who. That's fair. Um, and I wanted G Willow Wilson in there because I I love her stuff She's specifically, so like you said, with her teen stuff. Like that, mm-hmm. her her Ms Marvel run is just an absolute it's triumph. Iconic. It's iconic. It is. It is literally iconic of taking a character and elevating her to mainstream status. She's the lead of the new Marvel game. Like, yeah, yes. Did you do the beta for that? By the way, I did. I did. Did, Okay. What'd you think? I enjoyed it. I, there are certain things that I think they need to tweak certain characters that 
I did not think were very fun at all to play. Oh, interesting. Um, I did not like playing as the Hulk. I just, he was too slow. Really? He was too lumbering. I didn't feel like he could, it didn't feel like he was able to destroy enough. And I know that's a weird criticism. I, no, I, like, I've, I've heard that a couple of times. That makes complete sense. I, but I, totally I loved that. playing as Kamala. Playing as playing Kamala, as Kamala was, was so perfect. fun. Um, playing as uh, playing as Black Widow was really fun too. I Widow's really perfect. good. Uh, dude, that Cap the gameplay. The two oh, seconds boy. of Cap gameplay gave oh, me boy. flashbacks to 2011 when I played Captain America Super, Super Soldier. Soldier on the Xbox 360. And- and what a perfect game that was. What a perfect game that was that has never been backwards compatible, and it breaks my heart. Breaks my heart, because that now, game was perfect. But now, now we have this. this. And yeah. it's going to I'm be... just going to play this all the time just yeah. for Captain America. And I'm like, just going to be I'm Captain America. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so we we're gonna can have a lot play of, together. We're going to have a lot of problems, <laughs> like, linking up for... for, uh, Either, for that, that said, when I was playing it, the entire beta, the only thing I could think of was, oh my god, I can't wait to get Hawkeye. Hawkeye's yeah. going to be so good. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Hawkeye, I enjoy playing Thor for the little bit I got with him. Yeah, I, I really like the Thor gameplay. I connect with Iron Man for some reason. Really? I really like the Iron Man gameplay. For me, um, once you get him like stationary and on the ground and like firing at stuff, like I, it felt a little better. And I'm, and of course, all I hear from people is like, once you upgrade and start doing upgrades, the combat becomes a lot yeah. better. And I totally yeah. get that. It, um, it does get smoother. Me, his his flight mechanics were really freaking weird to me, and I didn't. That's I couldn't. I couldn't get a handle on them. But no, I think I I'm love, used to it because I'm used to flying as Iron Man in Lego games, and fair. it's very and much like a very a similar. Yeah, yeah, that he, might he handles very similarly. So that interesting. Makes sense. But I, I'm still really stoked for that game. It's yeah. what two weeks away. I can't yeah, wait. Two weeks. Yeah. Crazy. Can't oh, wait. I, I just got Quinn to pre-order it because she was watching me play the beta the last couple nice. weekends. She's like, this does look pretty fun. I was like, it's pretty good. And Shout out to Quinn. She pre-ordered it been, last night. And been swindled and bamboozled into buying Avengers. <laughs> yeah, I have that pre-ordered too. Um, I've actually talked to a couple friends who played the beta and they're like, oh yeah, this could be pretty fun. I was like, oh, then you should probably pre-order it. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm hyped for the game for sure. But it makes me Hell wish yeah. that we had a a DC game that had the similar feel. I we might we might DC yeah. Fandom hasn't come out yet and there's been Here's rumors hoping this uh Suicide Squad kill the Justice League thing is uh I better still... than I have a feeling it's going to be. Agreed. I still <laughs> issues with the title. Oh, I had major was... issues with the title. I was convinced that that teaser image was Bizarro, but yep. um apparently yep. not. Yep. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll at see. Hey, or we'll we see. will have seen at Fandom when this or goes we'll up. Or we'll see at Fandom in a month. Hello, <laughs> who have who are listening to this far after we have That's recorded. True. This. I hope. I hope we the world not. is still there. Oh my God, maybe. <laughs> Can you imagine Suicide Kill Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League is the last DC game we ever get? Why would you say that? <laughs> Why would why would you why would you say that? Would you, I just don't understand why. I mean, they had the perfect mechanics from like a Batman game. Why wouldn't you just make a Green Arrow game? Like, I I just it's don't so understand. It's so obvious. It's so, it's so obvious. obvious. Just make an Arrow game. Or a like, birds you could base it off of Arrow or Birds of Prey. Like, I don't understand. So why would you go to this anyway? <laughs> anyway, back to uh, back to the actual yeah. purpose of this episode. Uh, yeah. Any creators that you wanted on the list that you can. There get? were a couple. Um, 
I could not find a place for Clay Man. I wanted him so bad. Uh, <laughs> he could possibly, now that you made made that pick, he could possibly switch off with Mitch Jarrods on the Justice Society book because Dude. that would be incredible. Dude. Uh, I wanted him, like I said, if uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates was busy, Brian Hill would be my writer for Batman. Hell uh, yeah. I really wanted to get, I really wanted, like, I came to this list and I was like, I'm putting Chris Bacalo somewhere. I'm just putting him somewhere. And I couldn't find a spot for him. I love his art so much. I, I don't think he works for DC. I love his art. He's one yeah. of my, like, five favorite artists in comics. Absolutely. I don't think his art works for DC. Yeah, I know. And I, it, 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 it and I already took some people from Marvel, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I think... I think DC has built up such a specific house style over the last like That's 10 fair. years yeah. that he he's so far outside of that house style that I can't see yeah. him there anymore. And That's I mean, he fair. started at DC, like he started doing vertigo That's stuff, right. yeah. you know, but it, I can't see that anymore. Like, yeah, he, it, just, it just he puts up fit. stuff every, every now and then on Twitter. And I'm like, why aren't you wrong? Why aren't you drawing this on the regular? Yeah. Um, I, Babs no. Tar. I also almost had on Teen Titans. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That'd be a good You pick. imagine G. Willow Wilson with Babs Tar. Ooh. Um, but I really, I really adore Gabriel Piccolo's art. And yeah, I think he's been doing real good with like the little, um, the little graphic novels that he's been doing, the young adult yeah. ones. The new uh, one just announced today. So, hey. Hey. Uh, should be good. Should be good. But yeah. yeah, so that's kind of, and I wanted to put Jeff Johns somewhere. I almost had him on the JSA. I'm very book. surprised that he wasn't on your list. Because I love Jeff Johns. I yeah. love him so much. Um, I almost had him on the JSA book because he did such a long run on that, on that yeah. team. Yeah, and I could easily, I could easily, you know, once the initial 12 issues comes out for this, it switches over to Jeff Johns and Clay Mann. Um, yeah. But... I I oh, really boy. like the aspect of Tom King telling a war story with superheroes. That's really talks, interesting. The the stuff that he's doing right now with uh, St Strange Adventures, I think, is yeah. really cool. Yeah. Um, but everything that he's like covered, with the exception of um, of uh, Sheriff of Babylon, is post war, or you know the is all ramifications of, of war. Yeah, I exactly. See him in the trenches. So to speak, yeah. Companies. So yeah, that that was that's that's it. That's uh, a great idea. I th I think it's cool. I th I mean I think all of all of our pitches are good. You could easily yeah. stack up to really solid DC universes with these with these lists. Yeah, and I think it provides you know what we were kind of both going for, which is honoring the legacy of DC Comics while also kind of pushing the genre forward, which forward. is really that's... what it's. What it's always about. The reason that that's they, exactly it. the reason that these characters and these stories endure is because they are willing to adapt. That's and I think exactly something, it. yeah. And I think something that has been kind of, kind of plaguing DC Comics recently has been, you know, their inability to really like dive into things yeah. because it feels like they're all trying to be like, you know, why would we do a book about really cool characters when we can just do more Batman books? <laughs> Right, like exactly. That's, that's, They've been so focused on oh, Batman sells. Yeah. And, oh, Superman doesn't it. sell. He does. You know. Yeah. But like it's DC boring. Black Label has essentially become DC Bat Bat Label, and yes. I yes. really I wish it's the Joker that. Zone. It's the Joker Zone. 
Um, and I just, I really want them to kind of get back to the core. Like you were saying, like the core of these characters where it's like good guys fight bad guys. Yeah. You know, I was a huge fan of the heroic age when that came out. Like it Hell was, yeah. it was a great time to be a Marvel fan. Um, and it was a breath of fresh air from stuff like civil war and dark rain. Yes. Those, those were great stories in their own right. Yes. Um, dark rain more so than civil war, but I yes. really liked the idea of getting back to basics and telling stories about good versus evil again. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think dude, I, I feel that on a major level. Yeah. Uh, so I, I have to say probably if I'm thinking about all the books you did, the two the two favorites I have are probably Justice League with Taylor and Redondo. Uh, I love that team. I love, I love her, that team. I love everything and, about them. And they, they deserve it. At this point, they deserve it. They've been Absolutely. auditioning for the last, like, five, six years. Yeah, they, they really they have. deserve it. And they've been knocking those auditions <laughs> out of the park. It's just too bad yeah. no one's watching them. <laughs> That's like, exactly the problem. And I really and thought, then, like, oh, Suicide Squad, they'll have all eyes on them. And then... That's ending. <laughs> oh. I mean, I'm like, no. That's what when you announce you're going to kill Deadshot early, I guess. But Man, oh, I'm so excited for that too. I'm excited Ooh. for that too. I'm really excited to see what they do with it. Also, uh, Libshot is the the easiest idea ever. Easily. And that's so good. It's, and that if it's, they don't go that route, it it's will be so good. I just don't know what they're doing anymore. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is is your Nightwing book. With ah, Tomasi and more. Tomasi and more. I love yeah. anytime Travis Moore gets an opportunity to draw Nightwing. I am glued to that issue for every single panel. Oh my and, god! I've I've literally looked at the cover for Nightwing seventy five oh, probably three times a week since they dropped that cover. It's, it's bringing so me back pretty. to that book. It's I will say it's bringing me back hey. to that book. Hell yeah! My boy is back. My he's sweet back, baby, baby boy. He's back, back, baby. And back in blue. Back in blue, baby. I just, oh, I, I love it so much. But yeah, th those are probably my, it, and I mean, Tomasi has such a pedigree with, yeah. with these characters. So like, yeah. I, those, those are probably my two favorites from your books. Uh, my, my favorites of yours, uh, definitely Flash. Like, oh my God, like I, I, that, that is exactly it. Like that's that's the heart and the soul of that character. Like that, that is everything. Pinning that character to legacy is exactly yeah. what's so special about the flash. It's and specifically about Wally as the flash. Like that's what I love about Mark Wade and Jeff Johns's run yeah. on Wally is that it's they all about the legacy the flash family around Wally West. Yeah. That's like, the thing. That's... He doesn't have a family. Like there is no flash family without Wally West. Yeah. Wally is the one who made that a thing. And I, I absolutely love that. Yeah. Uh, and like it, Max Mercury showed up. Max Mercury and Jesse Quick showed yeah. up in a recent issue. And, and I literally like felt my heart Eric. like, oh, and then Jay at the end. And That's I literally theory. like panicked. I was like, oh, oh my God, this is, it's happening. It's happening. But it's weird that it's happening around Barry. Yes, <laughs> and I love is. Barry. Barry's always going to be my favorite Flash, even though I grew up on Wally. Ooh, Barry's yeah. always going to be my favorite. But it feels wrong for him to have that family. Agreed, like, because that was never his shtick. That's not his shtick. The underdog, you know, trying to figure out this stuff on his own. Yeah. And, and I appreciate that Williamson is kind of, in his entire run, like, made that a very clear thing that Wally is uncomfortable leaning on these other people. Like, Barry. He keeps pushing them away. Or Barry, thank you. Barry keeps pushing them away and stuff because he, he's not used to that. Yeah. And that's how it should be. Yeah. And that's but Wally, you know, he needs a syndicate. Needs like, he needs a group. Around. Yeah. 
and and in in that book wally would have jay iris and linda with him like hell yeah he would be family man wally hell yes like and and for the flash to be an all ages title that's the best yes that's perfect yeah i um, because kids love the flash like i can't do how many times kids will come to the store and be like do you have any flash like that is that is the number one superhero that kids look for is the flash and i don't know if it's because there's a tv show or what but like kids love the flash and there's no all ages flash material whatsoever like yeah. and that's stupid like it's dumb that dc doesn't have enough all ages material at all that it's makes true. no sense and i think um, with that flash book it would both give you like time to play with these characters and also you get a crash course on this character yeah, like exactly. Each book, like that's each perfect. book would be bringing back the flashbacks. They would be they would make a comeback. Yes. They would have Hell to. Yes, like, they I have love to. Shit like that's that. perfect. That's that's so good. Uh, so between oh. that, ten icy coats on Batman is an yeah. inspired choice, and for him to work on Duke is an inspired mm-hmm. choice. Uh, either him or Brian Hill. Like honestly, he, I he could they could really elevate that character, and he they needs could elevate it. that character. He, and he he needs it, and he deserves it. When they were and talking Cass about as well. Yes, absolutely. Well, and when they were um, talking about like 5G, where they were just like, yeah. you know, oh, you know, Luke Thomas or no, uh, uh, Luke, Luke Fox, Fox. Luke Fox. Luke, yeah. you know, Luke Fox is going to be the new Batman. I was like, you have a perfectly good Duke Thomas right there. Yeah. What are you that's, doing? That's the thing. And I, I really like Luke Fox. I think He's that they've cool. done some interesting stuff with that character. I don't think you were. And I think that the only reason they would make him Batman is because he's older than Duke. But Duke is a more interesting choice. Yeah, I guess. Like, I, I, but you could do like year one stories with Duke Thomas being, yeah, Black Batman, and him just being like, "All right, yes. I don't know how to do shit. Let's figure this out." Like that would be that would be so. Cool. And then, and then, oh, here we go. And then you bring in to be his Jim Gordon from the Batman cartoon. You bring in Detective Ellen Yin, and you have the two of them Hell as your new age yes. Batman and Gordon. Oh my God! We just pitched I an extra love, book for you. I love an Ellen extra Yen. book for you, listeners. Ellen Yin was amazing. Ellen Yin, I love Ellen Yin. She, she was I, one of my I big childhood it. crushes when I was growing uh, up. Oh yeah, like, no, Ellen Yin, hot. easily super hot. Yeah, super super <laughs> hot. Um, I love the Batman. That cartoon was it's so, so good. good. Uh, I, I the whole the whole Clayface thing at the end of the first season it's is so, so upsetting. Good. The Clayface of tragedy and. What is it? The uh, it's, it's the something face of comedy. And the yeah. Yeah. Like that is such a good character. Like, I, cause I loved that guy. I thought he was super oh, interesting great. and what a great, like I, I thought, you know, like, Oh, this is going to be the Gordon, you know, like he'll be the one who he brings into the fold and it just wound up just not fall. happening. Yeah. It's perfect. Perfect. So yeah. Um, so yeah, those are, those are the ones I'm most, and, and you're, the JSA idea is a really good idea. Thank you. That's a really good idea. I want I want more JSA World War II stories. That's what I want. That's what that's, I need. That's perfect. I've earned it. I've lived through 2020. That's... I've earned this. <laughs> I've that's worked so hard. Perfect. <laughs> and I, I tried to I tried to find I was trying to figure out something for my Vertigo line uh, for Vertigo Black of like, oh, what would be the Tom King Mitch Jared's? like 12 issue maxi series and I, I was trying to think of like all these characters and the closest i got was like peacemaker i think that'd be pretty cool Ooh, that'd be um cool. you could give them because animal i animal man would be pretty cool like well, I, there's a lot of just like yeah. super obscure dc characters i think would be so great like i love that they're doing adam strange and mr terrific yes. i think that's awesome because those are two so characters good. that i love mm-hmm. um and 
at the end of all this, they better just commit to Adam Strange being a war criminal because that's how it seems, and they better just commit to it. Or like, I, I would be okay if they didn't, as long as it was like a Manchurian candidate situation where he's like a sleeper agent. I, I, I don't even want that. I want them to just like I want him to be a crap person. Interesting. If, if you're gonna, if you're gonna go this far, like don't make it that it's Alana. Or uh, I never I, remember her dad's name. Like, just just make it that he is a garbage person. He knows exactly what he's done. I'm totally down with it. We're we're gonna have to do we're gonna have to do another episode when uh, Strange Adventures when Strange Adventures wraps. Hell yeah, we'll talk about it for sure. Hell yeah. So this is, it's um, funny because I'm closer to Mr. Miracle as a character. He's literally one of my favorite DC characters. Oh, he's fantastic. Um, and I loved what they did with Mr. Miracle for the most part. Um, I think it should have ended with issue 11 instead of issue 12 but uh, that's fair because issue 12 uh, issue 12, issue 12 acts more of a as a epilogue really but yeah, i love the it, ending i love the ending of issue 12 yeah yeah i love but, the end of uh, issue 12. i i feel so personally attached to what they're doing with with adam strange in that it makes me feel gross and so i want them to commit to them making me feel gross like but i love that that's juxtaposed with the incredible chad that is mr terrific Hell given yes. The given the Columbo treatment that he always deserved. Yes. Yes. I, As Columbo meets Spock, because he's yes. specifically doing the Spock thing from Star Trek Four. When he uh, slapped <laughs> a lot of Oh dad my back, god, that was so I awesome. just I shouted. Yeah. I was, that was so happy. So good. It's like, yes. He's like, what do you think fair play is? He's like, what do you think fair play means? Just oh, uh, so cool. So, yeah, that would be that would be incredible. So, so this has awesome. been amazing. I love yeah, this is great, to man. Go through this with you. I I texted Malcolm like uh, <laughs> or I messaged him yesterday where I was like, hey, man, like I know last episode was really long. So like we'll we'll be you know, we'll, this one should be shorter, hopefully. And he's like, yeah, we're going to go long. And I'm like, <laughs> OK, all right. And so we say so it shall be done. So, yeah. <laughs> but honestly, like getting to put together our own DC lines, I think makes makes the future of DC really exciting because it could literally yeah. go anywhere from here. All the that's stuff the that's happened, um, all the stuff that's happened with the bloodbath, Black Monday, like all that like terrible stuff that happened where DC is also in this weird spot. DC fandoms going on. Um, I think there's a lot of potential for DC in 2021. I think 2020 is not being kind to DC. Yeah. But um, 2021 could end up being a really great year for them if the stars align. I and, hope it is. I can I only hope they, that it is. If they take some cues from us, you know, it might be even better. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? All ages flash title. All ages All Shazam ages title. Flash oh, that's, title. What, that's what I was going to ask you. Are you keeping the title Shazam? Yes. I would. I would keep. I. Because I. I mean, I, w- I would call him Captain Marvel in the book, but I would call the book Shazam. Okay. Uh, because that's the easily identifiable name. Right. I think so. Though I would, you know, like I said, with building up that kind of team, it would essentially create Shazam and insert him into a Shadow Pact style team. Hell because, yeah. Like, All ages Shadow Pact is a great yeah, idea. Dealing with the occult, dealing with, you know, different yeah. forms of magic. It would be a really cool, a really fun time, especially with, Jeff Parker and Doc Shaner, who have such a handle on that character. Yeah. It'd be great. Yeah. Jeff, Par- man, Jeff Parker is a guy who should be doing more, uh, like way more. Comics. Way more. Like he, he was, he was such a great pick for DC. 
Absolutely. And I wish he was doing more DC stuff in general. Yeah. Like, they basically just kind of took him off the board to put him on the shelf. Like, yeah. All right. Which no one else weird. can have you. No one else can yeah. have you. We can That's have you. So weird. Ugh. Yeah. But that is going to do it for this. I think, um, honestly, like I said, we've got some real good, uh, real good lines, real good books that I would be really excited to read. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah. it's always a good time having you on here, man. Like, it's. Thanks for having me, man. It's, it's always uh, If anything, this was a great audition for us to be editors at DC. So DC, uh, call both of us. I mean, I we hear clearly you have some care about this. Yikes. But seriously, like, I mean, I that's probably like the dream job for me right now is like, oh, be a comics editor. Cause that's you would you get to be a part of the creative process. You know, you get to form it, you get to mold it, like... And you get to advocate for books. Like... Yeah. That matter. Yeah. Like, that is the dream. So, seriously, DC, Marvel, anybody, call us. We clearly have the juice for it. We just just made two entirely different lines of comics. uh, We have the juice. We want the sauce. Yes. Give us DC Comics. Give us smoothie. I love smoothies. Me too. So this is a little different, huh? It is now time for the weekly review, the wildcard weekly review, where in the interim between the uh, finale of Doom Patrol and the premiere of season two of The Boys, we are covering a different review every single week, and this one's going to be a little different. This one is uh, one that I've been, you know, waiting for a time to do, and the stars kind of aligned, timing came out with this. So uh, this week, we are going to be reviewing something that is near and dear to my heart which is professional wrestling if professional wrestling is not for you um check out the description of this podcast you can jump ahead but i love pro wrestling i have talked about it before how much i love the craft the arts the sport of it and um this week we had a fantastic show with nxt um nxt is kind of the third brand of wwe which is like the big old um uh, pro wrestling company in the north in North America, and they had an event this past weekend called NXT Takeover Thirty. This is the thirtieth uh, pay per view event for NXT, and they had a pretty great card and a pretty great show. So I'm gonna go through each match, not blow by blow, but basically just kind of talk about it, um, why I liked it, and uh, yeah. So let's roll. So the first match on the card was a triple threat tag team match to determine the number one contenders for the NXT Tag Team Championship. Uh, Breezango, which was Fandango and Tyler Breeze, faced off against Oni Lorkin and Danny Birch my favorite uh, bald-headed bastards, against uh, Legado de Fantasma, featuring uh, Walking Wild and Raul Mendoza. This was a fun match. Um, Brizongo is, at their core, uh, comedy 
a comedy wrestling act. So it was kind of surprising to see them uh, defeat the other two teams and become the number one contenders against, uh, I believe, Imperium is still the tag team champions. So it should be interesting. Um, It was a fun match. Nothing really more to say about it. It barely went maybe over five minutes, but it was a fun match to start the show with. And then we had Finn Balor versus Timothy Thatcher. These guys are so freaking good. I have been a big Finn Balor mark for a very long time, and the treatment of Timothy Thatcher since they brought him into NXT has been really, really good. They've been basically building him up as this, like, killer, this shoot style, um, no-holds-barred, like, just absolute destroyer and the two of them going up against each other was one of my most anticipated matches of the entire card and they did not disappoint um most of the match was focused around timothy thatcher kind of breaking down finn balor um focusing on his leg mostly and the two of them had an incredible match uh finn balor won which i think was the correct choice timothy thatcher did need a loss to kind of you know Set it back a little bit. Plus, Finn Balor, uh, with this win, now has the most wins in NXT TakeOver history, with 12, I believe. And overall, great match. Um, Timothy Thatcher loses nothing in being beaten here. And I really, I'm waiting for what they do next with, with Finn Balor. He's got to do something. they got to get him in a title feud. He deserves, he deserves a title around his waist, for sure. Next up, speaking of titles, we had the ladder match for the vacant NXT North American Championship uh, featuring Johnny Gargano, my boy Johnny Gargano, uh, Bronson Reed, Cameron Grimes, Damian Priest, and the returning Velveteen Dream. Uh, for those of you who have been following wrestling and specifically following NXT for a while now, uh, ladder match plus North American title equals excellent match. And this was really, really great. Uh, the characters are all so different from each other that it made them meshing in the ring really fun to watch. Bronson Reed had a lot of power mo- power moves. Uh, Cameron Grimes was this just, uh, just oily, like just slithering in and out of the match I thought was fun Velveteen Dream hitting all of his best hits Johnny Gargano showing a viciousness with these ladders and a manipulate a manipulative side that we've been seeing recently with his heel turn and then Damian Priest I was actually really um, impressed by he really took the physicality to the rest of the competitors and ended up winning. Ended up winning the match. So Damian Priest is your new NXT North American champion. I'm interested to see where they go with this because they now have a few ready-made feuds to go up against him. Uh, Damian Priest is on the rise in NXT for sure. They see a lot with him, and I think he is going to uh, he's going to do a lot. This match was incredible, but it wasn't my favorite match. And I am so surprised that this match was my favorite match. But the next match was Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee. I did not think I was going to enjoy this match as much as I did. They went a little over 15 minutes. And the tail of the tape was Pat McAfee coming in super cocky. Um thinking he's going to overpower Adam Cole, Adam Cole having faith in his ability, and Adam Cole basically putting on a clinic against Pat McAfee. But Pat McAfee did show a lot of promise. He showed a lot of um, potential that I didn't expect from him, and I think he surprised a lot of people, myself included, with how good he, he did with his selling, his promos, his physicality, his actual ring work was surprisingly good. Um, So I'm excited to see more from Pat McAfee. Adam Cole ended up going over, which was the right choice. And I, I, you know, there was a moment where 
Pat McAfee hit a low blow on Adam Cole while the ref was turned and hit him with a punt kick straight to the chest. And I I bought that as the finish for the match. And uh, when Adam Cole kicked out, I just, I was incredibly surprised and immediately just drawn in once again. So really great match. My match of the night. Um, really, really good stuff. Next, we had Io Shirai, the NXT Women's Champion, uh, defending against Dakota Kai. Both of these ladies are incredible wrestlers. I'm a big fan of both of them. Io Shirai did retain the title, and I think that was the right decision. Dakota Kai is on the rise. Dakota Kai is going to get the title eventually, but um, this was a really good match to showcase both of them. Uh, We did see a little bit of involvement with Raquel Gonzalez, which was fine. Raquel is uh, Dakota Kai's heavy, and she actually looked really good attacking Io Shirai post-match. Definitely gave me uh, Shawn Michaels diesel vibes from the mid-90s, where uh, Raquel is Dakota's heavy and is really just, like, throwing EO around. But then Rhea Ripley came out for the save, so we might see a Ripley-Gonzalez feud, and I would be interested in that for sure. But the main event of the evening was Keith Lee defending the NXT Championship against Karrion Cross. I prefer to still call him Killer Cross, but whatever, whatever you want to call him. And this match I had such high expectations for. Um, The match was good. It was not great, unfortunately, and I think that is due to uh, Cross picking up an injury fairly early in the match. He separated his shoulder um, fairly early on, which is just tragic and it is terrible um after that injury happened you saw that they really couldn't um they couldn't find their footing like i said the match was nowhere near bad it was really really good but not at the level that you would come to expect from these guys and not at the level that they could uh have a match with there was a little bit of miscommunication timing was off um but cross for his uh for his efforts, lasted over 20 minutes in this match with that separated shoulder, and he ended up defeating Keith Lee for the title. Um, Keith Lee, as we've seen uh, post-SummerSlam, is going to be called up to Raw, which I kind of saw. I saw either whoever lost the match would be getting a call-up. I kind of almost expected Cross to lose and then make his way because he is right up Vince McMahon's alley. But um, I was surprised to see that Karrion Cross won. Um, I'm worried. He is supposed to apparently go in for an MRI today, so fingers crossed that it's not... uh, See, fingers crossed. Um, That was totally unintentional. Uh, That it is not a serious injury, maybe puts him out a week or two, um, and then he can get right back to it, because winning the title and getting a shoulder injury is not a good time. Just ask Finn Balor. Um, But overall, a good match, not a great match, but I'm really excited to see Cross as the NXT champion. It's going to be a good time. Overall, if I had to give my Geeksplain arbitrary rating for this, I would say it was a solid 4 out of 5 show. I don't think there's ever been a bad NXT takeover, but this one definitely uh, definitely had some matches that surprised me. I thought that Adam Cole... Uh, w- Adam Cole and Pat McAfee was, like I said, my match of the night and was surprisingly fun to watch. Um, the triple threat tag team match was also surprisingly good. Um, you never know with these, with the clashes of these um, of these comedy versus uh, straight-laced wrestling types. Um, I was really surprised that Cross versus Lee wasn't as good as I wanted it to be, but it was still a good match, like I said. And then um, Balor 
Balor Thatcher, uh, the ladder match, and the women's uh, women's championship match were all kind of on the same level for me. They were great matches. Um, overall, like I said, four out of five. I think it's a great show. If you haven't watched it yet, go ahead and check it out. I don't know. I think they've been uploading the um, the takeovers to to uh, Hulu. Um, you also have the chance, if you have the WWE Network, go check that out. Um, the WWE Network does not sponsor this podcast, but they could totally sponsor this podcast. But it is definitely uh, worth your time to check out, especially for that uh, Cole McAfee match and the Balor and Thatcher match, for sure. So next week, we are heading into the final, final, final uh, um, Wildcard Weekly Review before we pick back up with the boys. And I'm really excited. I've been waiting to review this. And uh, next week, we are going to be reviewing... Stargirl. We're going to do a full season one review on it. I can't wait to talk about it. JSA is making a comeback in 2020 and 2021, and I can't be more excited about that. So tune in next week for the final Wildcard Weekly review on Stargirl. But for now, let's roll right on into this week's Comics Countdown. Welcome back to this week's Comics Countdown. This is the segment of our show where I talk about the comics that I think you should be picking up this week, whether it's at your local comic book shop and Comixology or however you get your comics. These are the ones I think you should definitely take a look at. But before we get into this week's books, we got to take a look back at last week's with the Geeks Plain Pick of the Week of last week. And um, it was kind of, uh, it was a toss-up. It was either um, two books that I really, really enjoyed, um, but at the end with the um, with the utilization of the story, uh, the uh, hints of what's to come, uh, I had to give the nod to Thor number six, written by Donny Cates with art by Nick Klein. Uh, the book was just great. It was a great. Um, kind of follow-up and finale for this initial arc of Thor. Donny Cates has some big ideas for Thor, so I'm excited to see what he does with the character. And if every arc is as good as this one, we are going to be in for a wild ride. But that's last week. Let's talk about this week. This week, ladies and gentlemen, we have a massive seven books on the docket. We had a little bit of a light schedule last week. This one, back with a vengeance. And I think appropriately, with all the DC talk, uh, it's mostly DC books on this one. We do have two Marvel books that I'm really excited about, um, but there's some uh, there's some big DC books coming out this week, so let's talk about them. First off, we have X-Men 11, written by Jonathan Hickman, with art by Linnell Francis Yu. This is, I believe, another uh, Empire tie-in. I might be wrong, but um, this is basically going to continue on uh, Hickman's X-Men journey. I've been enjoying it so far. It is very Hickman. So if you don't like slow burn stories, Hickman is not for you. And the series may not be for you. But in that case, go read Marauders. It's amazing. Um, But I've been enjoying it so far. Let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis. The trees are killing the children. And that's it. That's the synopsis for this story. Um, I think it's pretty short, it's pretty sweet, and it's uh, it should be good, so I'm looking forward to it. Next up, we have Legion of Superheroes, number eight, written by Brian Michael Bendis with art by Ryan Sook. I have to tell you, I absolutely did not like Legion of Superheroes, number seven. Um, I just, I was so angry 
reading that book because it was nothing. The, the issue was absolutely nothing. They promised me a Monel story and they gave me nothing. So um, I'm hoping they rectify it and they write the course with this one. Um, so let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis. The United Planets are at war as a new epic begins. The president of the United Planets is unable to maintain peace as Ultra Boy's homeworld of Rimborn and Chameleon Boy's homeworld of Durla declare interplanetary war. With the Legion of Superheroes choosing sides in a civil war brewing, will these young heroes need to be split into separate teams? Plus, Superboy makes a discovery about the future that will change everything he knows. There is a new Krypton. Find out what happens next in the only book telling you the future of DC Comics every month. So like I said, uh, Legion of Superheroes has been good so far. It's been good, not great, it's been good. Uh, but last issue made me so mad um, because it was just, it was a nothing issue. So I'm hoping that this one pushes the story forward. Next up, we have Batman Superman number 11, uh, written by Joshua Williamson with art by Clayton Henry. Last issue was also fine. Um, I think that uh, Williamson kind of, he needs a big overarching uh, story to really ground this. He does a great job with overarching stories like that, as I'll see later on down this list. But um, the Clayton Henry art has been great. I've been enjoying bringing back the Ultra Humanite, but um, the story isn't as impactful as the last two arcs have been. So I'm hoping that this issue kind of rights the wrongs here. So let's go ahead and dive into it. It's Superman versus Batman as the deadly machinations of the ultra-humanite crash to their end. The Dark Knight has been transformed into a human atomic bomb, all in the name of wiping Superman from the face of the Earth. As Batman struggles against the urge to kill his friend, Superman must undo the damage done and help the other victims of the ultra-humanite's experiments. It's the thrilling conclusion to Atomic that will reverberate across the DC Universe for months to come. I love that they're just like... They'll, it'll reverberate across the DC universe for months to come because nothing lasts in comic books. Um, I'm excited. They're they're promising big stuff, and Joshua Williamson I trust with the Batman Superman story. So I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to seeing how they wrap this up. Next up, we have a book that I'm very worried about, which is Daredevil Annual Number One. I'm not worried about the book itself. I'm not worried about the creative team. It's written by Chip Zdarsky, who's been killing it. Art by Chris Mooneyham and Manuel Garcia. I'm worried about the synopsis, which reads as thus: One more day. What? Um, I am very worried because One More Day has very bad connotations with Mar with Marvel Comics fans. One More Day ne nearly ruined Spider-Man. So I am very worried about this. We'll see. We'll see. I'm interested to see what they do with this. Um, the uh, cover by Phil Noto, I think, is definitely one that I'm going to pick up if it's available. Because it's it shows... Uh, Matt in his dad's old uh, boxing robe, and I just, I love, I love stuff like that. Next up, we have Wonder Woman number 761, written by Mariko Tamaki with art by Mikel Janine. Um, you've, you heard in the main course of this episode how much Malcolm and I love this book and love this creative team. I'm really excited about the direction that this is going, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with these characters. So let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis. 
It's the team-up no one saw coming. Wonder Woman and Maxwell Lord. This evil jerk has returned to Diana's life, but is Maxwell here to save the day? With a new psychic phenomenon affecting more and more people, Wonder Woman is going to need all the help she can get to contain this frightening new warping of the mind. So, um, I'm really interested. I think that teaming up Maxwell Lord with Wonder Woman is a is an inspired choice. So we'll see exactly what happens there. Uh, next up, book I'm really excited about, uh, Flash number 760, uh, written by Joshua Williamson with art by Christian Deuce. Um, this is part two of Finish Line, and I absolutely loved part one. Specifically because, spoiler for that issue, the, the last page was my boy Jay Garrick showing back up. Yes, Jay Garrick. Yes, Justice Society. Bring it all to me. I love it so much. Um, And I really like the direction they're going with this, drawing on the history of the characters. I just wish Wally West was part of this book. So, um, yeah, otherwise, I think it's great. Really excited. Let's go ahead and dive into it. Finish line part two of six. After years of manipulation, the reverse Flash has at last destroyed the Flash family. But they aren't going down without a fight as they race together to save the soul of Barry Allen. Can the return of allies from the Flash's past be enough to stop the reverse Flash? So last issue we saw the return of Jesse Quick, of Max Mercury, and of course, Jake Eric. We also saw uh, Impulse, Bart Allen, properly being introduced back into the main Flash book, which I liked. Um, This book is good. Uh, Joshua Williamson, as I alluded to before, knows how to draw on all aspects of this character um, and is going, I feel, to give a welcome send-off for... Uh, for this book, I'm I'm just I'm in love with the story, and I think as a Flash fan, if you pick this up, you will be too. But the big book of the week, the book I cannot wait to pick up, the book I've been waiting on for probably over a year now, um, is Batman Three Jokers Part One of Three, uh, written by Jeff Johns, art by Jason Fabok. I can't tell you how excited I am for this. Um, We've been waiting for this. We've been waiting since uh, Justice League, I believe it was 52, from the New 52 era, where they announced that there were three Jokers for a resolution to this. So I am really excited about this. I've been waiting. I can't wait to pick this book up. It is finally here. And uh, let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis. 30 years after Batman, the killing joke changed comics forever. Three Jokers re-examines the myth of who or what the Joker is and what is at the heart of his eternal battle with Batman. New York Times best-selling writer Jeff Johns and Jason Fabok, the writer-artist team that waged the dark side war in the pages of Justice League, reunite to tell the ultimate story of Batman and the Joker. After years of anticipation starting in the DC Universe, Rebirth Issue 1, the epic miniseries you've been waiting for is here. Find out why there are three Jokers, and what that means for the Dark Knight and the Clown Prince of Crime. It's a mystery unlike any Batman has ever faced. So this is part of the uh, DC Black Label, so it is going to be the prestige format style, so we're getting a bunch of pages in this book, and I'm really excited about it. Um, 
And that synopsis tells me exactly what I want this book to tell me. Why are there three Jokers? Why is there? Why is this a thing? Um, the art is going to be gorgeous. You know that. We, uh, Jason Fabok has been leaking designs. He's been talking about how much he has, you know, been putting into this book. And I just, I can't wait for this. So I'm really excited about this. The book should be uh, really fun to read this week. It's a stacked week. So to recap, we have X-Men number 11, Legion of Superheroes number 8, Batman Superman number 11, Daredevil Annual number one, which I'm really worried about. Uh, Wonder Woman number 161, Flash number 160, and Batman Three Jokers part one of three. And that is going to bring us to the wrap-up. If this is your first time joining us on the Geek Explained podcast, please give us a subscribe. Subscribe to the Geek Explained podcast on the podcasting app application of your choice and also please feel free to give us a rating and review especially on apple Podcasts slash itunes slash whatever they want to call it really just helps me out gets the word of uh geeksplained out there raises our stock in the charts and gets us into the hands of listeners just like you and if you do give us a five-star rating and review i will read your review here on the podcast you can join the likes of c fire and d josh from panels to pixels and the esteemed matt draper thank you very much to all three of them for their reviews and i want more please feel free to give us more and also feel free to email us if you have any questions you want to be part of the geek explained mailbag if you have questions you want clarifications um you want to give me like a buy or sell things i would uh like to see just send all those emails to geeksplained at gmail.com i love having conversations with all of you i love having conversations about comics in general so definitely send those also give us a follow on uh twitter and instagram you can find us at geeksplained pod that's at geeksplained p-o-d and that's gonna do it for this week's episode um Lots of DC news. Lots of DC. This is a huge, heavy DC uh, DC week. August has been kind of a heavy DC month, uh, especially for me. You've been getting tons of DC content. So um, next week might be a little bit uh, slower when it comes to news, when it comes to uh, DC goodness, but we will have a brand new episode of the Geek Explained podcast next week, so tune in for that. Same geek time, same geek channel, but for now, for Geek Explained, this is Eric Azana. Thank you very much for listening. Stay safe, and we will see you next time. Mm-hmm.